Welcome to Across the Park podcast, a football podcast on both Everton and Liverpool Football Club, produced by six mates, the three Reds, Gary, Phil and Terry, and the three Blues, myself, Millsy, Judgy and Craig. Each Monday, we release our latest show, where we discuss the ongoing matters with both teams, whether it be good or bad, opposing views, opinions, banter and debate. We are proud to be a family-friendly football podcast and you can find more about us on our website, www.acrosstheparkpodcast.co.uk. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss a show on your preferred podcast listening app and make sure you give us a follow on our social media. Twitter is Across the Park PC, Instagram is Across the Park PC and Facebook search Across the Park. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Across the Park Extra. This one's a Liverpool Football Club special. The three Reds, Terry, Phil and Gary are here with a very special guest. Anyone who's watched Peep Show, Phoenix Knights, going off big time, even The Office will know this man, one of the most successful and loved scouts, actors and writers, Mr Neil Fitzmaurice. Fitty, thanks for joining us on Across the Park. Very welcome, boys. That's a very nice intro, that film. Try my best. Nice, that. Right, going back to the, to the very start, uh, I think you're a bit too young for the for the Bill Shankly era, but you'd certainly seen the Bob Paisley era at Liverpool. That began in what '74, I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was born in '69, so that was I was I was really too young for that. To be fair, it started then, but my earliest memories are because I'm from Anfield and from Saint Miguel Vale, so my earliest memories are, are, are coming down to to the ground with the big red doors, the big red gates. They used to open them three quarter time to let everyone out, mm. and all the kids used to just go bombing up the stairs to, to get into the ground and I was one of them kids who'd run up and, and uh, it's it's like a really romantic thing in my head that I'll never lose is the darkness of like one of them quarter to six nights you know what I mean yeah. just near the end of the game maybe half four quarter five whatever and just running up the stairs and having that just them floodlights and the green yeah. patch I'll never ever till my dying day forget yeah. that image it's Bears one of the strongest the it's really burnt in it's yeah. one of the strongest uh, even now I get goosebumps when I think about it and that was my sort of intro into Liverpool Football Club and just running up them stairs and just hearing them sounds and the smell of piss and that now. <laughs> <laughs> just just hearing the sounds and and, and, and the roar. Because we lived in, as I say, we lived in St. Miguel Vale. There were really big houses, three-storey houses, only council houses, like it wasn't a country pile or not. <laughs> but my bedroom was the very top, so I had, it, I had open my bedroom window for Saturday and, and, and then it was a very, the roar. You could hear it, yeah. You could hear it all the time and, and it happened a lot. It happens a lot now, thankfully. That's where the glory days feel like they're coming back to us. But yeah, it was an amazing kind of experience growing up with all that, just being literally a stone's throw away from the ground, you know? Yeah, well, I grew up around there myself, you know, I'm, I'm only from, from Vienna Street, Um Giving it all that, marking cars and all that when yeah. you were a kid outside yeah. the house. Me ma used to put stools out, you know, yeah. outside so no one could yeah. park outside the house and all that. Yeah, we used to mine cars a lot, yeah. Yeah, all of that. But um That was me that was me that was my biggest income for about twenty years now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That well, old joke, isn't it? Can you mind can I mind your car? No, it's all right, I've got a big dog in the back. Can I put fires out? <laughs> you say there your first memories of Anfield is is as a young boy and seeing the, the floodlights and the pitch lights up. What's your first memory of, of you know, Liverpool being successful? Is that a game or is it a, a moment where you remember that, that 70s Liverpool team? Probably San Etienne, yeah. the, uh, the famous super sub Davy Fairclough game. And uh, I can remember all the buzz around the back of the grounds because I would say I was only young again, but I can remember um, one of my older brothers was, uh, we, we always had it in the house for years. It was a green Ale Levert scarf. It was, it was a, um, uh, it was a San Etienne scarf and, and, um, he swapped it for a footy sticker. It was the best swap ever. <laughs> no lemons would have been proud. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, it was. It was. A, and he swapped it for like a sticker. I think the sticker was David Fairclough. I think what happened was because Fairclough had come on and 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 done them. I think they just wanted something to throw darts at me. 
so we uh, so we had that scarf in our house for years. But that was that was again another memory of of just you know uh, of being around that hubbub and the melee and the, and the, the excitement of a big game like that. You know what I mean? A big European game. And uh, we've been blessed over the years and to have been to have been to a lot of European games and and hosted a lot and won a lot and. You know, it's 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 something that I never ever take for granted. Even now, yeah. we're on the verge of going to to play. You know, mm. the team of teams. And uh, I, funny enough, I was in the, I was in the I took my kids to the uh, to the new camp uh, last year. We went to Salou on Aldi, and I sort of engineered the whole holiday so I could go to the new <laughs> camp. <laughs> so I said to me, mistress, Hey, do you know what? Dude? We're going to Barcelona. Do you know what's in Barcelona, love? <laughs> what the new camp? What's that? <laughs> so we ended up. I ended up taking the kids and. Uh, and I did this mad, stupid thing where I was saying to me kids all day, we're going to a cathedral. But in my head, it was the cathedral, cathedral of football. Yeah, I, it yeah. sounded great in my head. <laughs> but of course, there's a brilliant cathedral yeah. in, in, in Barcelona. So one of my kids just thought we were going to that, and he hates football. <laughs> so we turned the corner, and there's, and I went, there you go, lads. The cathedral. And my, brother, and my son went, no, that's not it, Dad. That's the footy ground, the cathedral. And I went, shut up, you, you've ruined it. <laughs> so we went, to, we went there for the day, and... Uh, and I'm going back next week, and uh, they're just them wonderful things, incredible, incredible bonuses you get with supporting a club like Liverpool, is, is especially the way they are now. Yeah, as a kid, I mean, did you get like were you one of them who, who sort of used to get to all the away games and stuff, or or, or was it just home games? Or there's only ever home games for me, to be honest with you. Uh, I never was really in that group of people who went to the matches. Mm. Uh, I don't ever think my half-fellow would have let me go, to be honest with you, when I, I, at a particular age like that. My first away game was Hillsborough. Oh, Cop for that. Wow. Because I never, I never, I, I went to the games. I went, to, I went to the home games. I never went to away matches. I couldn't really be bothered with it. I just had other things to do, and uh, and that was my first one. So you start, you know, you starting with a corker there, like. But that was the first time I'd ever been away. Yeah. Challenging one. Well, that late, that late seventies team. I think seventy-seven. Dalglish signs. Hansen signs. Sooness in seventy-eight. Nineteen eighty. Rush. What's it like as a young lad there watching? A dominant Liverpool team be formed like that, just unbelievable. And 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 I mean, right through the eighties as well. I mean, Evan obviously eighty four yeah. and all around that period were giants, were brilliant. Yeah. But I remember more so for me. I remember the late, the mid to late eighties as well. I mean, the early. I can remember running down the road as a kid. I didn't really know what was going on, but I remember shouting. Somebody come running up to me and went, "Keegan's gone." Because Keegan was like the, the hero, yeah, he was yeah. the poster boy, wasn't he? And there was all that thing about him having a fight with the. Uh, he had a fight with Billy Bremner, didn't he, in one of the games? And then he yeah. took his shirt off, little shirt, and lashed it. And um, and it was a, uh, it was, it was a weird one. But then he went, to, obviously, he went to Hamburg, then didn't he? And yeah. And and and, and it was a big deal that he'd gone. Yeah. And uh, and I remember this kid or this fella saying, "It's all right, lad. We've got we've got a lad called Dal Gleish. And I remember going, "What's he gonna do like the Keegan?" <laughs> <laughs> Little did I know, do yeah. you know what I mean? Was, but that, was that like the average man on the street? Did, did he also have that opinion, or did people know that Daglish had something a bit no, special? No, but no, he wasn't. Yeah. He was he was a bit of an unknown thing, Daglish. Although, of course, you've got to remember, Scottish football was the only thing we watched outside of. There was no other ways of getting to Italian or, or French yeah, or yeah. German football or whatever, or Spanish. So, 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 really speaking, but it was, you know, Scottish football was known as kind of where footy players went to retire, if you like, yeah. without being disrespectful to it. Now it's America, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, so, so I think just everyone, all, the older Liverpool fans, because I was only a kid, but the older Liverpool fans had had a trust in in Shanky. He was Shanky's last signing, I believe, wasn't he? Somebody Quite told possibly, me yeah, officially yeah. His, his last bit of business yeah, before he handed over was like 
yeah. do that deal with Dow Beach. Some presents back. <laughs> so oh, incredible yeah. to be yeah. left. But um, but that was that was very much the vibe. I was quite young though then. So obviously, apart from the roars that were constant, hmm. was but was Keegan your favourite player at that stage? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was. I think yeah. he was every lad's favourite yeah. player. I had a pair of. I think I had Patrick Keegan football boots. <laughs> <laughs> pair of Patrick Keegan football <laughs> boots. I had. Yeah, uh, every, everyone had the Al Keegan football boots. <laughs> but. Uh, and then there was Dalglish, Puma Dalglish, weren't he, with the Puma yeah. version, weren't he? So, um, so, so he, he was very much the poster boy. And then when he left, sort of thing, then Dalglish took over. But as I say, my, my, memories, of, my memories of that early, because I'd have only been 11 or 12 then, so yeah. they're, they're very sketchy. But it was when I was getting to the 16, 17-year-olds time then, which was the so, later... So none of the European Cups, really, then, of, of that era? Or Not really, no. Yeah. Only, only the... Um, only the uh, the Senatian moments outside yeah. the ground and, and milling with it, but I never certainly never went to any of those games and that because I was too young really. Yeah. At the time. Do you remember the homecomings or any of that? Yeah, I remember loads of homecomings because because we lived on the because as oh, I say Ruth. we lived on on Wally Breck Road there, so yeah, so yeah. it was uh, Breck Road North. Yeah, so it was where the SO garage is now, and the Sandin and that I yeah. live opposite there, so. We'd always pile down there waiting for the buses to come past and all that. That was an amazing thing, that, like, you know, yeah. on my dad's shoulders or standing on a wall for hours and hours without yeah. bag of sarnies <laughs> waiting for the team to go past. Every, every year at that time as well, one of the teams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a glorious time. That I mean, they had that time, didn't they, where they just dominated. You know, there was a total domination, really. Saying there, when Keegan left, there was a bit of like, oh, God, what, what's happening? But when Bob Paisley left in, in, in the 80s and Joe Fagan came in, was it, sorry, what was the reaction with the fan base like there? Was it a bit of panic that you were losing Bob Paisley or was it we're going to be okay? I think I think a lot of it was down to that boot room mentality yeah. which mm. was that we had, we felt like we had something really special with that yeah. boot room. Um, like no panic? No, it wasn't because it was sort of handed down. It was all kind yeah. of, you know, it was all... It, very much, it was all very much yeah. in-house, wasn't it? That, yeah. that, that thing. And, uh, uh, and so Paisley onto Fagan. Because then Paisley came back then and advised Agnes, mm, didn't yeah. he? But Paisley onto Fagan, I think they were all very much... Uh, there's a great book of the Bootroom Boys, Peter Newton's written, and 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 it tells you that they they, they were very very intertwined. They were very very close, and I, I think the feed the general feeling was uh, that the Fagan knew he could go to Paisley whenever he wanted. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel sorry for Joe Fagan in many ways because he's almost a forgotten manager of that era, really. Anybody, he? he's got an incredible record. Yeah, he has. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm interested to know, like in that era, where <laughs> do you think? Did you feel like decisions were made between them, or did the manager, you know? tell the others how it was going to go so, and therefore did you see a difference in managing styles or did, was it just like one continuous like there was uh, you it didn't really notice any difference it felt like a <laughs> continuous thing and it felt yeah. like a really it's uh, just a really respectful I mean you talk about it being a different time but then yeah. I can always remember I've got early memories as well of um, <coughs> Of uh, Roy Evans used to do, Roy Evans could ping a ball before the game kicked off. Yeah. Roy Evans would just continuously <laughs> ping balls, and I remember thinking he should be playing it because yeah. <laughs> he had this great delivery. He used yeah. to put them up to Clements and used to knock them up to yeah. to all of strikers and that. And he was just pinging them constantly. Especially as a kid, it looks like, like I used to think that about the, uh, the goalkeeping coaches, like how good they were at pinging balls. Just un- unbelievable, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it was like a, as you say, if you see pictures of them when they're in the boot room and all that, they're all sitting around with a little mug of bottle <laughs> or tea or whatever, and it, it is a bit of a parliament, isn't it? How the Coming up with what they're it really do was, and, and then it was because 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 you had because you had the Shankly times, and, and I've been I've been blessed in my life to have to have to have worked with St John and mm. Ian St John, and uh, I, I, and I did a load of radio stuff with Ian St John, and uh, and the Saint would tell me some incredible stories about mm. about pre-season training, and he tells a great story about they were in Toronto, women, well the team were in Toronto doing pre-season, and him and Ron Yates had gone out and had a bevy, and they'd gone straight to a casino, and they had the suits on and that. 
and they'd stayed out all night in this casino. Mm. And part of me's thinking, I love that because they got bladded as well. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. They, were, they, were, they were, you know, walking Real. around. But they felt more accessible in well, them days, just, didn't it they? Felt, yeah, it felt more like, you know, you want your heroes, you want to hear that because you want to go, yeah, that's all right. He's one of us. And he had this told this great story, I'm bound to be... I'm not telling the story the way he would. <laughs> paraphrasing. Paraphrasing right. is the word I was thinking. I was going to say paragliding. <laughs> um, but they came back. It was like six bells in the morning, seven o'clock in the morning. So they came to, you know, the casino was open all night. So him and, him and Ronnie Yates have walked back and they've gone into the hotel lift, the suits on and, and mm. they've hit the, they're on like the ninth floor and they've hit the button for the ninth floor and it stopped on the fifth. And they've gone, and the doors opened, and it's Shankly coming down for breakfast. Oh. <laughs> and Shankly's gone, hey, lads, it's great to see you, like, with the suits on. And, <laughs> ready and they had to go back down and have breakfast. Oh. <laughs> and tell them After that the they, they just got up. They just got up. And they had this, but apparently, so, so, like, uh, uh, Ron Yates was eating his cornflakes with no milk in because he was bladdered or something. <laughs> <laughs> crunching. And I don't know whether it was at the end of the story. Shankly goes, go and get some sleep and don't ever do that again. Can't oh, yeah, but there was, there was that whole kind of discipline thing that was there with Liverpool yeah. that I think was easy then to pass the mantle on because it was so embedded in the club, you know mm. what I mean? It relied upon club power though, didn't it, in them days? It wouldn't, wouldn't uh, work now, was it? Because you just get told to shut off and I'm going no. to wherever. Yeah, just, I mean, there's, there's, there's <coughs> stories of... of, of um, uh, it was Ruben, wasn't it? Ruben, um, I'm trying to think what Shankly. Shankly has a, 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 like a right-hand man called Ruben, something I can't think. Somebody will no doubt let you know. He, there's a story of him walking in a boozer in town and, and, and uh, the, the, some of the pool players were there with half a lag and he just walked in and went, put them down and get out. Really? They all just really? went wallop and out the door. You imagine that now, can't you? Well, I, I mean, I think loads of them always talk about Moran as being a bit of an enforcer as well. Ronnie Moran was the disciplinarian, you know, like sort of no one messed with Moran. Like, yeah. it didn't matter who you were or how hard you were or how, how sort of big a name you were. If he, if he told you, you know, you were told. Yeah. And, that, and, and he was like the, the next, maybe the next generation of enforcer yeah. then, you know, after. It's a funny one, isn't it? It's an, it, it, it was an, it's an institution. That it's a, I, I remember Ray Outen saying to me once, I'm going to be dropping names left, right, and centre. <laughs> <laughs> but he's another one of a belt. He's a, just a belt and fella. And I remember him yeah. saying once that in all the clubs, ever played and you don't realise and I always bear this in mind now when we get a new player and maybe if they don't bet in like Naby Cases start to bet in but it took him a while mm. and I think it's easy to forget that, r that when Ray Out said you don't understand what it is to play for this club mm. when you walk through the doors and you realise the weight the expectation that's on you in mm. this club is, is far superior he said once you've played for Liverpool you can play for another 10 clubs but Liverpool's the club that you remember playing for the most yeah yeah and it, it has that incredible kind of sense of of of, of respect <coughs> and of weight, yeah. uh, and I think that was that was carried on through them play. All them players felt that yeah. there was no messing about. Then I mean, times have changed a whole lot now, haven't they? Obviously, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, something that strikes me about that time as well is no matter who you were, if you were injured one week and someone <coughs> took your place and played well, it doesn't matter who you were, you, you went back in where you until mm. until you had an opportunity again. And I think that what I think is interesting about Klopp. And the way he plays now, he's, he's very much like that. Yeah. Klopp, if you have a good week's training, you're in the side. He's not frightened. Yeah. Did it recently with Lallana and everyone's saying, what's Lallana for? Yeah. Play yeah. the blinder. Yeah. And afterwards, he simply said he, he, he trained really, really well. Yeah. Mm. And it, it's interesting. It's like an old school way of doing it. Is I don't care what you're doing. Obviously, he has, his, he has his players he can't drop. But they obviously train really well as well. And you can yeah. see that by the work rate that, 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 for instance, Salah and Mane and Firmino as yeah. a front three, <coughs> they must put more work in than any front yeah. front three in the country, yeah, if not yeah. European football. Well, they're, they're back pulling, the, knocking the tripe out of the back. Yeah. It's like that. what I said before about club power, because Klopp's took us to a place where we've got that power now, where you can almost say to any of them, 
you won't be at Liverpool if you carry on like that. And it's you want to be at Liverpool, you haven't really got options. Or, well, I can go there, there, and there because it won't be as good. I think because it's I think because football has changed so much now, and it's become a thing where the, the players are the power. Mm. And I think if the players have the power, they got the money, they can get the best wages they want. Then you wonder what is going to entice them to stay at a club or want to go to a club. And I think nine times out of ten, it's going to be the success of the club. I think. Yeah. Mm. I think you're going to get you're going to get your Neymars. You don't really. I mean, look, you know, he's sort of de-revolutionised football, hasn't he? With his with, with the way he's, with, the, with the, his attitude yeah, anyway, the age, yeah. and the mm. way he's just yeah. his greed has kind of sent it to a new to a, to a new height. But there are players out there who, who want to play for a club that's successful. I think yeah. what Jurgen Klopp's, Klopp's done now it can't be underestimated. He's, no. he's put us back in the f- in the, in the world shot window. He's put us back in world football. Yeah. We are at the big table. We're at the top table again now. Yeah. And, and that you know that's gonna the kick the knock on effect for that is huge. Yeah. Mm. Because people want to play for Champions League clubs. They want to play for a club that's it two European semis and back to back got yeah. to the final in one and is and is flying in the league. They want to win and and it looks like fun the whole time as well. It's like yeah. everyone's having club. fun. Clearly is one of his biggest powers is the fact that he's an incredible man manager and he doesn't pretend to be at two years. I think there's a difference there. I think if you're just a head worker, you get found out. He's not. He's just. He's obviously just. You can tell he barks when he wants to, but he's just. Everyone's laugh playing with a with a smile on their face, and it's. It's one of the. It's one of the best times. I know you're sitting there crying at the moment, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> it's quiet. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. It'll come, kid. <laughs> it, it won't. No, um, it is. It is an incredible time for me, being at my age. I am now to see. To see this 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 come full circle almost, and see a man, a German footballer, coming to this club and just getting it, gets yeah. the fans, gets the club, gets the tradition, and is and is and has brought it back. It's yeah, but he doesn't just get it; he just seems like such a good fit, doesn't he? I yeah. mean, if you look at everything that he's done in in his past, you know, even like your time at Dortmund, they were like almost a mirror image of a club, you know, in terms of like the background, the political sort of side to the you know to the city and and the club and stuff and. Not necessarily the richest club in the league, but you know one of the big names and everything about him. And it feels like he's been made and bred to sort of run yeah. Liverpool. You know what I mean? It, 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 it as you say, it, it is amazing, and he's such a charismatic sort of leader, isn't he? And you it's know? natural. I, d- I, I, I did the uh, the the, uh, the the Liverpool FC awards a couple of years ago. I get presented an awards at the at the do at the end of the year, and I watched him. I thought I'm going to watch him because I want to see if it's a bit of a mask. It's not. He was just all day. He was getting a, we were backstage. Funny enough, he was giving an award away before me, so I was behind him in the queue, going, oh! <laughs> <laughs> "Just want to touch him and that, you know." And um, and he was he had um, to, he had uh, to, um, Carlo Torre in the head. He had him in headlock, rubbing his head. And he was just hilarious. He was just hilarious. Yeah. He, and and Torre went, "Am I up for a?" Am I offered an award tonight, Gaffer? And he went, "Yeah, you're up for the you're up for best fifty year old player in the league." <laughs> <laughs> and he got him. I was running. I'm going. I'm loving this because yeah, yeah. it's great to see. That. And he obviously has that report. And then he he made a, he made a he made a real point of saying to all of all of the players as well, keep smiling, keep keep going. And if someone wants sign, I can hear him saying, "There's people want sign," because some of the players w- were sort of in a panel, and you could see people waiting. And 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 Klopp was going. He was shouting to like Coutinho, Coutinho, doesn't he? and he was going, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Yeah. He was just in charge of it, but he but he he ran it naturally. It wasn't it wasn't thing. He just he, he, he's, yeah, he's a man of the people. There's no all. doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I can't bear the thought of life without him. Life after. Yeah. It's all, it's but isn't it isn't it the way of a football fan though? That at your brightest times you're thinking. 
God, when's he going to go? What's going to happen when he goes? What's <laughs> oh, yeah. going to happen? It's yeah. such a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah. Well, he says he gives every club seven years, and he hasn't. He's only been here four. Uh, so have you ever seen on YouTube uh, his like his leaving announcement at Dortmund? Don't watch it. No, <laughs> don't watch no. it. <laughs> no, I don't. For some watch reason, that. I watched it. I was nearly crying. I don't want to watch that. I remember watching. <laughs> I remember Suarez's last season with us. And I remember watching everything he did, and then going, "He's not going to be doing that." Yeah. I had to slap myself in the face. and go, Enjoy it. That's the problem as a football fan. You can sort of. It can pass you by. Yeah. It can pass you by because um, <coughs> because you because you you're too busy worrying. That's why this season I've been saying to a load of Reds, look, whatever happens, whatever happens, it's not in our hands now. But what a, what a season! What a season! Yeah, Let's just enjoy this. what what's been going on. Back to 2014, I I didn't enjoy that season. I just because do you know why though? Do you know why though? Well, do you know why I never? Because we were never really a team that were gonna. There was no stability in that team. No. It was just bonkers football, wasn't I know, it? But yeah. even when we were, even when we were on like the what was it, sixteen games unbeaten run, I was still like, when's it, it's going to fall apart soon? Yeah. When's it going to fall apart? <laughs> and then obviously when it did, you just like I was expecting it. Whereas this season, I've just I've made. Sure like I never told you, there, Gary. Yeah. I've made <laughs> sure I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Honestly, I've just I've loved every moment, and I'm, I think usual have noticed it on the pod. I've just I refuse to be negative about yeah, anything yeah. in the season. To be fair though, like like you were saying, then it feels like way less likely to fall apart this time because of the, the stability in defence, which we never had under Rodgers, did we, I, I think in general, I think if you look at his buys, apart from apart from Carius, who, you know, mm. the nightmare that he was, <laughs> but everyone else has been incredibly... Mills has got Carius tattoos on his lower back. <laughs> Everton <laughs> legends, him, yeah, just can't play for us. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he was, a, you know, that, obviously that didn't work out, but the players he's brought in, the players that the transfer committee and them together... And and they've just pinpointed areas, and I, I I I'm more excited about what he's done for the stability of the club than, than I mean I'd love, look I'd love us to win the league it'd be unbelievable but mm. I'm not going to let that City are you know we were 26 points behind City in fourth place last season we're 21 points ahead of Spurs yeah, yeah. that turnaround is phenomenal yeah, like you is. hear you hear some people saying like um, you know well for me if we don't win you know anything this year it, I don't class it as a success and stuff like that none of us have that opinion yeah. on, you know on here because progress is progress that many points difference in the league you're going in the right direction that's all you can ask of anyone yeah. and, and if you're one of these people who say well, I'm not happy with second okay then well let's sack up what, what, who do you yeah. suggest to get in and what are they going to do I any think, better do you know what I think those people are never going to be happy I don't know what no. I don't know what it is you're going to you know you, I just think that for what he's done for, I mean, listen, City are phenomenal. You watched them against United the other night, right? United, are, I mean, that yeah, pop, hundred million. I think Carius was in goal for them, by Absolutely the way. Joke. Fucking hell, he was for City. He's what? He was. I think it was Carius in goal for City. Yeah, United. for City, oh, for, United. for United, yeah, for United as well. But in general, they just wore them down. First half, you were, you went, oh, nice, because I had a feeling United were going to do something, but. The movements of City is brilliant, and it's and it's and it's easy to forget just how good a side they are. Last year they were they were putting the feet up. There was eight games to go. Yeah, it was a procession, wasn't it? Done. From it was about done. January onwards. It or was done. Yeah. The movement and it of City. And it would have been now if it wasn't for us. If mm. it wasn't for Liverpool, just chipping in at it. Absolutely, the movement, yeah. the, the passing, the, the the fitness of them. You know, Guardiola is, is brilliant, but he's been matched pound for pound this year. And I think even if you look back, you look back at Leicester City winning the league. And you look at that, and what an achievement that was. But actually, when you realise, when you look at it all, and you think Leicester won the league, really speaking, because of A, B, and C, they were great, they were consistent. But there was a lot of clubs t- trying to find themselves at that point. Yeah. Now, the proof of that is in the fact that they nearly got relegated the next season. Yeah. There's no stability with Leicester. They're yeah. not second or third or bopping up down. They just went. They lost, the manager, only lost Kante. Yeah. Yeah. They lost Kante. Yeah. You know, Vardy stayed, Mares stayed. They only lost Kante, and they went to pieces. So. There's much more stability in what Klopp's done with Liverpool. Mm. You know, we were, we were towards the end of the season, we were flying last year. 
we just ran out of pace a little bit, but we got to a Champions League final. Two, you know, two Champions League semis and, and, and the way we've done it. And there was a Europa League final and you know, the season Europa before League that. Final, so it's right, like, yeah. you know, it, every season it's, it's continued progress, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, a Europa League final, then yeah. the following, it was we've a had Champions League, League final. final. We got beat on pens against City as well, yeah. haven't we? So and, and now potentially we've got both this season. So. It's just for me, it's about, I, I, I always do it, I always do it game by game, mate, and I just want us to, I want us to turn it on and I want us to see, and, and they have been, they've been working hard, they've been turning it on and, it's just a joy to watch. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You see this, don't you? Each week we do a show, and, and these are like just enjoy it, just enjoy You've it. Because to. yeah, what's don't the point? point not, yeah. I always say, being a football fan, <coughs> the best, the only thing a club can offer any football fan is memories. That's all. Mm. That's all it is. It's it's the opportunity to have memories. And I have had so many memories with this club. So many memories. You know, Kiev and all the finals you go to, and you. But, when there's thousands of years old around this, in the streets and the bar, just giving yeah, it large yeah. and jumping <laughs> on chairs and singing songs and banging the owl roofs. It's just unbelievable. And, and that's all you can want from a football club. And we get it so many, so many times. We're so spoiled with it. Yep. And, it's, and we have to enjoy it. Yeah. No. Talking talk memories there, going back to the 80s, there was Everton Liverpool swapping league titles for a few years. Yeah. What was that like as a Liverpool fan? Is that a nightmare or is it enjoyable to be that competitive with your rivals in the same I, city? I, I think it's brilliant. It's actually not, it's only really now that the, it's, it's, it, there is, I mean, I'm not just taking the Mickey, but there is a gulf, a massive gulf. Yeah. There really is. So they're not really, United has been our biggest game for years. The yeah. Derbies are always, you know, tense for one reason or another. Um, I, I always remember it being being an exciting time. There's no doubt about it. But uh, if if I want Everton to come flying back up there again, no, <laughs> <laughs> not now. I'm of an age where I, I'd be getting an headache far too quick. But uh, it's it, it it was brilliant to have. To, it was brilliant in the 80s. We had very little else. I left school mid 80s, and it was it was it was deep in the grip of Thatcherism. All my mates were smackheads. All my yeah. mates were on the gear. All of them. Yeah. All the lads I went to school with, uh, and I had we had nothing. Walking down the streets of Liverpool in 1985, 1986, I tell you now, was just horrible. Manageable decline, they call it Thank now. It's yeah. only just coming out that she was strangling this city. Mm. There was nothing, and what you did have was football. And football then it probably meant a lot more then because it was. It's that old thing about being a football fan. You could you could owe the mafia at hundred grand. You could owe the tax man under, for that moment for that ninety minutes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Mm. It doesn't yeah. matter because that. It's all about that. Just suspend the and sort of reality. It just suspends. It does. It really does. It's your boys. It's your team fighting for you. It's like the whole city lived for the weekends. And whether you're red or blue, you got to the weekends and your team was boss. You really did. Mm-hmm. And in the 80s, so much more because there was nothing. I mean, it literally was black and white rainbows. Yeah. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. was There was nothing at all apart, music from, and football. apart from music mm-hmm. and football. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you've seen it. The, the two tribes on BT Sport. That was Brilliant. that's just a basically epitomising what you're yeah, saying there. Yeah. It proper went I into haven't detail. got to. I should have gone to the screening of it and I couldn't go. I was away working. I've just been doing some filming. Well, I, I only managed to get to it last night. I was saying to the lads before, and it, that informed me. Like I was only born in '90, so I, I that informed me on a lot that I weren't aware of really. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was in the in the '80s. It was nine out of the ten titles were won by Liverpool or Everton. Yeah, yeah. it was extraordinary. And that, and that just as you're saying there, it's showing how important it was to the city at that yeah, time. Yeah. And, and it was all the things about the fashion as well, the kit, the off the off thing of it, you know, the Tashini and the feeler and, and all the trackies <laughs> and that the, they, they were all brought over by by by, by Liverpool fans yeah, yeah. by by uh, Everton fans, European yeah, Cup from games Europe, yeah, yeah. from Europe. They were brought over from and introduced to, to our culture. So that became football became a a, 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 a stylistic culture. You know they were bringing all these feel trackies back, and mm-hmm. they're all classics now. Yeah. And that was all because 
because of the Reds and, and because of uh, being in Europe and getting... Yeah. And well, getting do you remember Wade Smith, the shop in town? Yeah, I think yeah. that was how that started. That was basically that it was. He bought a load of stuff. Yeah, he bought a load of gear yeah, from yeah, Europe yeah. And, and brought it over because yeah. Terrace culture was, was obviously That's massive and, and the designer labels huge, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, massive. But obviously you're speaking there about the mid-80s, getting on towards, the, the, you know, you said the later 80s of the Liverpool teams that you really remember. Yeah. Probably, probably one of the best teams Ever, you know, at, at that time, wasn't it? Unbelievable. No I mean, that was the one. T- that was the, the the one time really that I can remember, just knowing we were going to win. Yeah. And it was how many by it. I mean, week after week you'd go th- rush three, whatever. You know, <laughs> Craig Johnson knocking in, Dalglish knocking it. They were just. I remember John. I remember Liverpool playing Coventry City and John Sillett, or John Sillett or what John Sillett was name was. He was the manager and he was applauding. It was like, <laughs> it was like a masterclass in football. Yeah. Was the team getting walloped. And yeah. he was applauding them and just laughing and just saying, you he can't. stands there clapping. He was clapping them. <laughs> he was clapping at, at the, on the touchline. And afterwards, just said, you can't uh, you can't argue with that. You c- it's a masterclass of football. It's the old Tommy's Ockerty thing. When you, there was a time at Anfield where all you ever got was a cup of tea and a smack to ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great, it's a great saying. And, and that late 80s, that team, 87, 88. 87, 88, yeah, that's I mean, the one. D- yeah. I mean, just, you know, with, with, with Barnes and Aldridge, Aldridge and, and Beardsley. Beardsley. I mean, yeah. what, you know. What, yeah. what a player Beasley was, yeah. and Dalglish and towards the end of it, and just the whole team. It was just an extraordinary t- game to watch. Didn't, didn't Rush go to Juventus and then came back? Was it a year later he came yeah, back? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he Rush left, and Aldridge had been signed the season before, like partway through the season, and I think everyone was thinking like, what's going to happen? And then obviously he got Aldridge sort of got <coughs> given the first team berth, and then obviously uh, we signed. Italy as well and, and John Barnes John came Barnes in and it was like pff, you know we sort of didn't miss him but then obviously Rush came back as well you know to sort of bolster that, that yeah. side it was yeah. it was an extraordinary it? it was the one of the ones where you, there, o- there almost was an element of cockiness to it because it was just like no one could go near them they were just yeah. such a I mean, John Barnes I mean there's been a number 10 before or since him no, well at that time he was probably one of the best players in the world wasn't yeah. he never mind yeah. just yeah. in England I only thank God that he couldn't do it for England yeah. because he probably would have got off yeah, yeah. I'm not yeah. trying to zoom down there, but it, it, on a world stage, you could never really do. I don't remember. I don't remember watching England in that year. I've yeah. seen the goal he scored against Brazil. Yeah, obviously, which was class. But did he not really? No, he never really. He never really shone in the England shirts. He was a good, still a good player. Yeah. But I always remember thinking, thank God he never, because they can often be a passport to someone else, yeah, can't yeah. they? And 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 he never really. Yeah. Never really did do it. Do you know what strikes me when you think about that era as well? To get a great team now, you have to pinch the best players in the world from yeah. every corner of the globe then it was like Scousers and Scots you it's know, unbelievable and, and a couple of others like well we got Barnes and Aldridge from Oxford didn't we yeah, yeah. well Barnes oh, was Bar- from Wofford Barnes Wofford uh, Aldridge, Aldridge was from Oxford. Oxford Yeah, it was about yeah it was and Scottish players and yeah. I mean now it's it must be that much it's so much harder now I think I think and, and Liverpool went through this whole period where, where and I was screaming it for years look you're going to have to play with the big boys if you want to if you want to make a dent in this league, mm. I mean, it's no coincidence that every team, every team that won the Premiership paid for it yeah. in one way or another. Mm. Yeah. From back, back from Blackburn. Blackburn. Yeah, yeah. Blackburn, Jack, Jack Walker, Walker. the best players around, the yeah, Shearers and the Hendrys. And the and half put, mil put them all together, you know, he put them all together. And that's uh, that's been ever since. And, and it was only really the buying of Van Dijk and Alisson, I think, that have shattered that mould. But because before that, you know, our biggest signing was 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 Andy Cadilla, thirty five mil, and then we we just about tipped it for Salah was thirty nine or something. The mm-hmm. thing is though, it's like it's getting spent on the same budgets getting spent on fewer players. Yeah. Just slowly add superstars to or you know well rather than, well team. rather than uh, you know rather than buy three three Lazar Markovic's for twenty twenty five million each. Yeah. yeah. 
buy one, buy one Virgil Van Dijk for seventy five. Mm. That's what that's all we were sort of screaming for years. Is just yeah. look at the because it was the money ball thing, wasn't it? It was the uh, it was the buy ons and the sell ons and all that. That yeah. was the problem. You had to buy a nineteen year old, let him put seven or eight years into your club. Hope he was brilliant. But for every Coutinho man, there's, there's a there's a you know metallic. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, yeah. You know it it, it 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 doesn't work that often. And yeah. yeah. And we were. I remember. I was at the. I was at the Basel final, the Europa League final, and I and, and I remember us all walking out and all saying, "Right, that goalie's never going to play for us again." Clear. Yep. That's nailed on. That Moreno's never going to play for us again. That's nailed on. And yet we went through an entire season or two with Minulay, and then still carrying them. Yeah, yeah. And then so we were like, "Well, hang on a minute. We've got here. We clearly got torn apart by by them not being good enough. We need. You know, we hadn't had a stable centre back since since Sammy Epier." Mm. And, and and it was obvious, you know. But and then uh, that's another thing you're supposed to commend Klopp on is that he, he takes his time, doesn't he? He just he knows what he wants. He won't settle. <coughs> he won't settle. And yeah. he said yeah. that. I think we have panic panic bought a few yeah. times in the past, yeah. which has been massively to our detriment. You know, it would have been so easy, wouldn't it, when you did when you didn't get bands like that? Someone to just go and buy like Harry Maguire or yeah. something instead. Yeah. Would have been so easy to go and do that, but he didn't. Yeah. He I, held. I, I was. I was a big. I'm quite a big <coughs> Brendan Rodgers fan. I push back on a lot of the criticism he gets, but what I will concede is that I will be in a couple of weeks' time. I know, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. We can pull something off there. <laughs> but he wouldn't have accepted. You know, he, he would have just had to buy someone. Yeah. He wouldn't have had the power to say to Liverpool, "No, we're waiting." Well, you've you seen that. It was in that. You know, you could see that straight away with Balotelli. Balotelli, you know, he, he, he wanted other players and he yeah. couldn't get them. And then it was like, "Well, you can have Balotelli." And he was like, "Go ahead, I'll have yeah. him." And he didn't want him. Quid. Yeah, yeah, you know what? You know, fair enough. Everyone said it's worth a gamble for sixteen million quid, but Rogers did accept it. You know, he sort of yeah. said, well, yeah, I used to say it's not Rogers' fault," but then you come back with, "Would Klopp have accepted it?" Yeah, like, it's a point. No, well, no, definitely and he not. didn't. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the thing. And you know it. I th- I th- we we've talked about it a couple of times, and ro- I think with Rogers, it was just the job was too big for him too early. He didn't have the cachet as a manager, you know, to attract the big names and stuff like that. They didn't want or it to th- tell the club, yeah. Or to I tell think the I club, w- yeah. and also I think I mean I, w- I wasn't I wasn't a fan of Rogers. There was, but I knocked I've knocked about with a few players over the years, and I can particularly remember that his nickname in the club was David Brent. Yeah. That's what the players he, call him. That, he, yeah. now, when the players are calling you David Brent. You ain't yeah. getting, you ain't getting your points across, are you? Yeah. He'd, you know, he had, he had the massive photo. He's got the massive picture of himself yeah. above his fireplace. Yeah. <laughs> you know, come on, Brent. Well, no, no, when you, you know, yeah. <laughs> you're talking about Klopp there. That it's genuine, and you know, everything it, it felt contrived, didn't it? With with Rogers, like it. You when know, I watch the documentary, Rogers got the envelopes out. Oh, like, yeah. Don't yeah. Fake, he's yeah. Don't do the envelopes. Don't write us down, man. Yeah. What it was for me though, that's still the best attack on football, even. Including this cop team that I've ever seen in my life, attacking football, yeah. not the well, best football. To, but you have to wonder, don't you, whether or not? I mean, this this is another thing that people have talked about this season with us. Is that last season we were this cavalier, flying forward, smashing everyone left, right, and centre, record goal scored and blah blah blah. But we were leaking the goals mm. in the back, and then he tightened that up. Now I was thinking, then he's tightened that up, so crack on. Yeah. But he never. He, it's it's he's he's done the whole thing. He's done that whole, and I think he's. It's interesting, but I think he's he's really. I'd like to see the Fabino Cater, and even now Henderson, because Henderson's put a, putting a shift in. But Fabino and Cater for me, I'd love them to push on. Fabino has clearly Cater's still yeah, needs. Still we still need a bit more trust in his ability to. Mm. He dict- I think he, he ducks in and out of games for for time, but mm. I think uh, if we can get that right, I think that's the last piece of the the puzzle for, for yeah. me because the back four are just yeah it, it feels like the midfield's the area isn't it that even even though it, it you know the three of the back four have just made the PFA team well exactly year. and the front three need no sort of no sort of surgery yeah, or anything yeah. to that it, it, it feels like the midfield and it, it's one of them though it's it, 
the difficulty is, as you say, is you know Klopp's evolved as a manager. He's evolved his team to be you know more secure, and part of that is because of that midfield being a bit more industrious. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, will you lose a little bit of that if we try and add too much flair there? I'd sort say, of thing. you know, it's not just the word industrious; it's disciplined, yeah. Yeah, tactically I mean, disciplined because. As everyone knows, our attack comes from the full-backs and the midfielders drop yeah. a little bit, so we don't get hit on the counter-attack like we did the season yeah. before yeah. when we were yeah. all out. That system's going to get worked out next I think season. It, and I think it is, I think, and I think it's pace as well. Mm-hmm. And I think I think when, when you have a... Whenever I used to see a midfield, and I've seen it plenty of times this season, that had a Milner, Henderson, Wijnaldum, a trio... There was, no, there was very few shots on goal. I'm thinking yeah. right away, I'm thinking, well, this is going to be a sparse game, this, because there was no... The transition from, from defence to, to, to attack was it really slow enough, and laboured. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now that's just what I'm saying about it. I mean, Cater's first instinct all the time is that drive forward. His first, mm-hmm. He gets the ball and he's, he's, he's done three or four feet forward and he can dribble with it as well. And it's just about getting that balance right. Watching yeah. United last night and that Fred oh, and to think that they were nearly oh, getting Fabinho. Yeah. Red, blue colour blinds. They were nearly terrible. getting Fabinho and you think he was 52 million quid. Yeah. And he was garbage. Absolutely garbage. Absolutely. I thought that Pereira was garbage there as well. There was a tweet last night on our, on our social media. Someone tweeted, would you rather have Fred or a Fredo? And Fredo yeah. was winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Fredo's a dealer now, though. Yeah. But he was, it was just extraordinary. It was just, so I think it is about tweaking, isn't it? It is yeah. about, I mean, like I say, you know, every single week we play now, we're breaking records. That's a phenomenal thing for any manager. In a club with this history, mm. to be a record-breaking manager points tallies and clean sheet they're just breaking it everywhere and, and it looks easy the, hey, it looks easy it as well he's just yeah. got that balance right Annie. Mm-hmm. I think where um, mm-hmm. you know the season ain't over for me it felt like last night was, was the biggest test they'll get People are going on about Burnley. You've got to remember, Burnley got 40 points. They've got nothing to play for. Somet- Leicester. Sometimes you need that, that no pressure against City. Because you can just enjoy po- yourself and po- go at them with no pressure. Possibly, on but I just I think anyone else, but I don't think City, I think I think because they've got so much the possession. The two good, I have. The two good, I think they're too good to be relaxed about. You, you still have, a, have to have a bit about you. They've got 40 points. Ironically, the only team in their last three that might still have something to say is Brighton. Yeah. Because they because they got beat, they still got uh, and that's if Cardiff win. Mm. If Cardiff lose again and Brighton are safe, then you've got your last three games of the season against teams that don't really care. Mm. Rogers depends on what he feels about the Liverpool fans. Mm-hmm. And and I know he'd die for Leicester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird comment to say after just a, a week yeah. after yeah. they lose their strike and Save Brent. Yeah, well there you go, yeah, absolutely. But uh, uh, you know, listen if he did, you know. He was cement his his, yeah. his yeah. popularity, wouldn't he? But uh, but it, it, it's a bit. It was a bit of a signal last night. But then, as I say, I have to then switch off and go. Look, it would have been great to do it. We we still might. But what a season, anyway. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Moving away from the footy onto your career, obviously successful writer, going off big time. Phoenix Knights writer, acting as well. Late eighties, where were you? Because you made your acting debut in Brookside in nineteen ninety. <laughs> Late eighties, were you writing then in, in the hope of doing something, or was it more comedy based? I was acting for years, but the problem is, I, I I always refused to go to London. I didn't want to go, and I didn't want to, all my mates were going down. So the lads are knocked about with doing it, uh, doing the drama, going to Rada and going to places, and, and I'd had I, I had the idea of going up big time in my head for years, and and. Um, and I just had this thing about I. I mean, I drive through the streets of Liverpool, and I just find them phenomenal. Some of them. Mm. Just we've got this. We've got the biggest amount of Grade Two listed buildings outside of London in in the in, mm. in Europe. You know, it's it's and that's we're not. You know, there are bigger cities than Liverpool, but we've got. You can drive down the Dock Road, and they've got old buildings there. They've got the old American. Mm. You know the uh, the the, the, uh, the the what they call the uh, the fire escapes, the, the ones you yeah, pulled yeah, out. Yeah. 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 I mean, you yeah. can fill. It's one of the most filmed cities in the world, Liverpool, and yet we've got no film industry, and it winds me up to death. Um, we're sitting in the film studios. We it's are now, never yeah, really yeah. been used as a film studios. No. 
and it always wound me up. And so, so I, f- I sort of waylaid the idea of going to London with trying to do something here. So, uh, but the problem was I had a Liverpool agent, and and not not to do them down or anything, but you can't. You, you can't have a Liverpool agent. You need a London agent. It's just the way the game is. A bit snobby the way you look at your agent. Yeah, and everything comes and goes out of London. And, yeah. and, and, and the problem is, I had an agent who'd phone and go, and I, and I love yes, Sam, what that? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but but not to do him down, so he's a cracking fella. But it just, it didn't, it didn't um, lend itself to doing stuff that you wanted to do filming and stuff. It didn't really come to me. It, it's it's taken a long time. I, I was part of the Voxy Theatre Company, which is, which you uh, uh, which are based in Vauxhall Road. Yeah, yeah. John Dillon used to write plays. We did a play called Wearing Colours, which is about the Heysel Stadium disaster. Mm. Brilliant mm. play, dead powerful, emotive play. So I love doing a load of theatre stuff. But I always wanted to try and, to try and do going off big time, and it was a bit of a dream, really. So when I finally came, the opportunity came around to try and do it. I, I hadn't worked in 10 years as an actor. I had no career as an actor. And I was living in a two-up, two-down house in Kenny. And and uh, just moaning about the world, I think. And my missus went, look, just stop moaning and go and write your film. And I thought, I will, all right. And I went upstairs, back bedroom, started writing, going off big time. And within 12 months, I was sitting on a yacht, yacht in Cannes. <laughs> and it was getting released. Yeah. It was balmy. It was a... <laughs> But it just goes to show you can do it. If um, you know some film as well. It's like, a classic film. Yeah. Do that scene in the ice cream van. It's yeah. still one of my favourite <laughs> scenes <laughs> of any <laughs> film. A lot of people say that. And I'm made up with that. I mean, it's great when you watch. You know, I mean, I remember going to the premiere. That my dad's no longer with us, and get him getting out of a car, getting dead all like Boss, you know. Yeah. The, yeah. These are memories. I'll I don't yeah. shit whatever whatever happens today. Memories that you can't take away. I was doing a speech before it started, and this guy comes walking down in a sh- it was in the showcase cinema uh, on the East Lancs yeah. the they had all big gold all big flashlights in the sky 350 people crash barriers it was nuts and um, I did set up a mic at the, at the be in front of the screen it said just thank the thank the investors and thank the people who and I went yeah yeah and I'm doing this little hmm. speech and there's this figure walking down with a, with a, a big massive popcorn and a coke and he went you tell him, Fitzy! And it was Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> bonkers, my head went away. Because <laughs> he was doing 51st Dates and he'd been oh asked yeah, to come oh to yeah. the screen. And so so it was a mad world to get immersed in, you know, and it was uh, it was an amazing time. Like, but Anyone else probably would have got a career out of it, but it's always been a knock for me. One reason or that. I think it's because the problem was it was, it was, it was, it, it's, it's in Britain and, and you get no backing. Mm-hmm. No backing in this country for doing films. It's a nightmare. So... Going off big time, we green lit that with ninety grand. That film. How long did it take to film? Took about took about nine weeks, ten weeks maybe. It's quite yeah. quick, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and we had no money though. We had no money at all. The opening the opening scenes, a, a van pulling up for the call out and getting fellas. And that van. Yeah. You see the van pull into shots. If you carry on, there's three fellas pushing it. The gearbox <laughs> had gone on the van. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd only go to second gear. So we had to go right round the block again and then push it through the thing. We had we had these va- we had two trucks, right, that were donated to us by this family in Liverpool. And they went, There's your two trucks. So we had one truck as a as a costume truck, the other truck was a makeup truck or a lighting truck. Yeah. So and then we had a third truck that was like for makeup, but only one of them was taxed. <laughs> so we had a lad, right, whose job it was on the entire shoot was he'd sit in the front seat of the first truck. We'd park the truck's arse and arse the nose. Yeah. And when the police came, I'm not asked now, it's too late, they can't prove it. <laughs> when the police had come and they'd go, you're all right, lads. In fact, you, you've just reminded me because we filmed that on Everton Brow, the, 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 yeah, the, yeah. Uh, the uh, ice cream scene. And the, the, the copper turned up on the bike and I went, oh, no, 
tower and the lads in the front with the disc. And his job was, when the copper was, would walk past the window, Switch. he'd get out with the disc and stick it in the next van. <laughs> and we, we got away with it for 10 weeks. And the, but the copper, one, one copper turned round and went, have you got a twin? Because he, <laughs> he was in the front seat of all three vans. <laughs> like slightly out of breath, like, <laughs> no. But we, we filmed it on fumes. I mean, we really did. And, and, uh, and, uh, and I, it's the, it'll always be my proudest thing because we, f we had nothing. That was just... Blood, sweat, tears, and love to got that film made. Like, yeah. What, yeah. what are you thinking when you, you say they're sitting on a yacht in kind of year later, or, or Jordan the release? What, are you thinking I've made it, or are you still hungry to keep? keep I'm always, I'm always dead skeptical about it. I always have been. I've been weather beaten for years on the game. I'm, mm. I'm more pet. Me, me glasses are half empty, not f half full, unfortunately, because because I've been beaten around with it, you know. And yeah. um, so I'm always very skeptical. I'm sitting on a yacht in can, and I can't stand bullshitters and that. So I, I was with my missus enjoying it and. I've never been a networker. I can't network. I can't do that. I had there's a funny story when we when we did the um, when we had the screening of going off big time. We had a big party afterwards, and Samuel mm. Jackson came to the party. But he was over in the corner just enjoying himself, you know. So my agent's there, and my agent came over to me, and she went, "Look, Neil, I'm going to arrange <laughs> a conversation with Samuel Jackson." And I went, "I don't want you to." No. I said, "Leave him. He's enjoying himself. Mm. I'm enjoying myself. Don't want no phoniness. Just let him. No, it'll be great for your career." She was a London agent there by then. Great for your career. You know, get a nice photo up and you, you blad blad. So I went, oh, don't, please don't do that. Just leave him alone. I don't want to bother the man. He's come in. It's great. Mm. So anyway, I'm watching and I watched there go to this fella. This fella went to this other fella. And this other fella leans over to Samuel Jackson, who's chatting to someone. And he went, well, so right away, my, my yeah. guard's up. So he comes walking over and it was all really phony. Cameras coming over. And I was like, I don't want to be here. He's all this. So he puts his hand out. And he went, hey, man, the film was great. And I said, oh, thanks. And he was talking about distribution. And he said, I said, oh, you're in Liverpool for a while, aren't you? And he went, yeah. He said, I'm in Liverpool till December, so if you need me, just reach out. So I said, wasn't that a song about the Four Tops? And I went right over his head. Went, oh, oh, oh. So then I thought, ah, I'm going for this now. So I said, I believe you like your golf, don't you? And he went, yeah. And he, was waiting to, he wanted to get back, you know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I thought, ah. I said, you like your golf, don't you? And he went, I love me golf. Yeah. He said, do you play golf? I said, yeah, I play a bit of golf. And he said, well, we should get together and play golf. And I went, all right, sound, I'll give you the bell on Monday. And he went like that as I went. Because it was all bullshit, you know. Yeah. No. So I said, but so my agents looked at me, so I said, I'll tell you what, I said, I'll take you to um, Allerton, Allerton Golf Course. I said, but it's a council run. Now, he's, he's not, he hasn't got a clue what I'm talking yeah. about now. So he wants to get back to the bed. He was talking to, to Muni. So, to, yeah. so, he's got, so I said, yeah, to Muni. I said, it's the, I said, look, the greens are crap. I said, but here's the best part of it, right? I said, if we climb over the fence on the second hole, we don't have to pay. <laughs> so he's just looking at me and it's all gone to shit. So I said, just bring a seven iron and a putter and we'll just do a little pitching putting that. And that way, I said, otherwise it's going to cost us about seven and a half quid each. So he went, yeah, sure, man. Arrange it with my agents. And as he walked away, my agent went, why did you just do that? Because it, it was bullshit. Yeah. So I've always been the kind of person who, who, who kind of views it all a bit sceptical, do you know what I mean? And, yeah. um, and I mean, I've done two films. I've done Going Off Big Time and I, uh, and I wrote another film called Charlie Nodes, R.I.P., which is yeah. like set in a scrapyard. Yeah. And that, I loved that film, but we had less money to do that with than we did. And I mean, that was going to bed with, with chest pains, you know what I mean? I, we had no money and, and we were employing people and my brother was just an absolute angel on it. He was unbelievable. And, and after that, we just said, I said, I can't do anymore. Mm. I can't, I can't. I remember getting a crit in, 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 in a magazine and a, uh, saying about Going Off Big Time, saying if this film was done in America, by an American writer, actor, and he'd have been a massive star now. But as it was, it wasn't, so he isn't. And that last line sums up how hard it is in this country. They yeah, just yeah. don't give a toss.
Yeah. Although there was a little sort of moment in the sun for like London sort of films, wasn't it? East End sort of, you know, yeah. them London, you know, who was it? Mm. Guy Ritchie. Yeah. And what does he know about East End? Isn't he from like proper <laughs> public school? Well, he's got a big scar on his face and he said he was knifed. He was kicked by a pony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was kicked well, exactly. by a pony. <laughs> but he, he actually went, you know, I think his family are loaded, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. And all that. And it was like, but he's, he's made, got this reputation as like, you know, in the Danny London Dyer film industry. Well, I mean, Going Up Big Time came out just after Lockstock and that, but it was, I think, I think, Lockstock was very lucky one way or the other because what happened was the, the company that, that they owed a load of money to for making it went bust, so they got their money back. But the whole point of going off big time is they're rubbish gangsters. I didn't want yeah. this suit, suit wear and looking yeah, cool. Slick, yeah. and all that. They were terrible. They got yeah. there by accident and it all went to shit very quickly mm. and that's that was more realistic for me, you know what I mean? Yeah. It was only a year after going off big time that Phoenix Knights came out. Mm. So were you writing both at the same time? or? Yeah, because Peter's in... Going off big time. Peter plays Flipper, the baldy, the the, the baldy. I didn't even realize. Yeah, Peter Kay's in the jail bit. He's in jail. He's got oh. the baldy head. They shave, shave his hair off in it, and he's That's he's going nice flip, 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 flip. <laughs> yeah. Um, what happened was we we first of all we wrote this thing called the Peter Kay thing, which was six yeah. half hours. Really Senor Whippy and all that. Yes, yeah, Senor Whippy. Bolton's oldest yeah, paper boy. Yeah, and all yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Leonard and Tomkinson. Crack of that. So we wrote them together, and then uh, while we were shooting them, I said, "People, will you come over and." And do my film, and he went, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, he came over and did a few days filming from f- for that. All I remember about him coming over was he ruined the end of the Sixth Sense. Butte. Because <laughs> 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 we were getting changed this day after filming, and I said, he said, what are you doing tonight then, Neil? I said, I'm taking my missus to see that Sixth Sense. He went, oh, right, he's a ghost. I went, you know, <laughs> I said, you know, if he's a ghost, I'm going to flatten you tomorrow. <laughs> Fucking hell. Unbelievable, yeah. But, uh, but so, we, so we wrote uh, we wrote the Peter K thing first, and we won a British Comedy Award for that. Yeah. And that's and one of the episodes is called In the Club. So when Pete went back to Channel 4, he went, you know, you've got this British comedy, you've got a bit of, you've got a bit of leeway now, you've got a bit of weight behind you. So that's when we got these, the series for Phoenix Knights off the back of that. When you were writing that, did you think, what, 15 years on or whatever it is, that people would still be so in love with it? Because it's still still one of my favourite programmes ever. Like, me and Bladson, where can we quote it to each yeah, other still it's now? it's unbelievable, isn't it? Well, it's 20 years now, wasn't yeah. it? It's 2000 we wrote it. <coughs> Do you know what? We, we, we had a feeling we were onto something because we used to write, we wrote it in this place called the Bolton Enterprise Centre. It was like 30 quid a week or something, a little farting office. Yeah. And um, me, Dave, and, and Pete. And what had happened was, I, when I'd left school in the 80s, there was nothing happening. My brother was in a cabaret band. He was a light and sound engineer. And they just travelled all over the country. So I went with them. I spent my formative, you know, 18, 16, 17, 18 y- years of age, 19. Couldn't be arse boozing in, 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 in clubs down there. So I'd go all over to these working men's clubs. And that's where I got all these stories. Oh, and, and these, yeah. you know, I knew that. I knew that there was a picture of the Queen on the wall there. So, you know. Yeah, all as far as you're concerned, in the front row, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> and I'd seen these concert secretaries, and I'd seen them. And Pete had done a similar thing, and Dave had done a similar thing. So when the Davis got together, oh, we bounced it. We, we, wrote the fir- we wrote the first series of Phoenix Knights in eight weeks, which is wow. unheard of, normally six months. Is yeah. it funny? Is it good fun writing something like that together? It's amazing, yeah. yeah. It's, it, it, Are you laughing as you're writing? And yeah, all yeah. totally. And we'd yeah. go all the voices, and we'd get into all the characters, and we'd just yeah. and it would just spill out. We'd... Oh. We'd be there till about six, seven o'clock at night or whatever, and we'd just be blasting out and uh, and then filming it was just a joy, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. We put so many gags in and so many. G- and the second series of when we were sh- when we shot the first series, most of the people in it weren't actors; they were all comics. So we got Justin Morehouse and Toby Foster, and they'd be moaning every day. I've been here since half seven. <laughs> it's now ten o'clock. I've not done a tap. Now that's what acting's about. Yeah. 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 It's the old saying: you, you do the acting for nothing, you get paid to wait. You just wait around all day. Mm. And Justin Moore, I was moaned about being in makeup all the time. 
I've been in America up in half six. <laughs> so when we wrote the second series, and if you ever watch the second series of Phoenix Nights, Justin Morehouse is never in his normal face. He's in a he's in a tiger face. Yeah, the tiger. <laughs> he gets his spray off. painted on. That one. We did that. We did that. So we had to spend an hour earlier in makeup every single day than everyone else. <laughs> so he's in, he's in a tiger face that won't come off, and then he's in like. Uh, it, like a Michael Jackson thing, he gets burnt on the sunbed and then he's pasty <laughs> like Mandy Dingle and then he's like meatloaf. <laughs> the sunshine indoors, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, sunshine indoors, <laughs> solarium. No, it was brilliant. It was a great time, to be fair. And um, it, it, and it was amazing, really, because I don't think it would get made now. Mm. I think we live in a world now where you cannot... It's so sanitised. Yeah, 2PC now, isn't 2PC, it? 2PC, you can't say any of the things. We were the first yeah, sitcom to say the F word. It was close to the line, wasn't it? It was really Send close. the buggers back. <laughs> Send the buggers yeah. really close to the yeah. line. And, we, and we, we, we are often... We often dug because we used to get these notes back off Channel Four, like red ink. <laughs> and there's a bit where he's going up the stairs. How far can you push this? Oh, it's all sound. Oh, yeah, it's go for it, there's yeah. a bit where he's going up the stairs and there's a chairlift with the bear and he's going, "Things I'm gonna do to you." <laughs> and then he says, "Not long now." And the last one we put in was, "I bet it's running down your legs." Channel <laughs> Four, we're not that. having that at all. So we used to do it for the laugh, ch- chuck jokes in. That we knew they wouldn't. They just wouldn't. the show yeah, Just the show far. But it's the first one when the woman gives him a rose and he goes, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> the, first, the first time anyone's ever swore and getting the word nonce and all that. Yeah. You would never, ever be able to do that. I and mean, it's a sad no. thing, really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you write one, se- one season and then the seconds after it, or did you write two at once? No, we wrote the first series and then um, and then we that went out because it's really difficult. You don't get a second series commission unless the first has okay. you know, nailed it and... and, and um, uh, and the fa- what weirdly happened with the, with the first series was we had this whole thing about um, uh, Keith Lard, the fire officer. Yeah. Because mm. what had happened was Peter, fo- Peter, when we were writing the, uh, the first thing, the Peter K thing, Peter had come up with this character. He was a fire safety officer called Keith Lard, and he said uh, it's based on some bloke. And he's because Peter used to go around to places with like mics and cameras and just film people <laughs> and they go. So he said it's he's he's this fellow who says things like you know fire kills in minutes. Smoke kills in seconds. Smoke, smoke runs fast. Smoke goes faster than Lymphic Christie. All this. <laughs> and the fellow would say. So he said to me, "But I want a quirk. I want something quirky about my." I said, "What about if he fucks dogs?" <laughs> so we all based on that. It was one of these things that you just say for a laugh first yeah, of all. Yeah. But then we grew it then, and it was like you had a picture. You had like an Alsatian with lipstick on and a front, front cover, <laughs> like, like a dog magazine and all that. And two women talking, saying, "We saw him. He was he was seen in the car park with a spaniel on his knee." She goes, "A spaniard?" She goes, "No, a spaniel and all that." So, but then what happened was, Pete phones me up one day. He went, "We're in trouble." And I said, "Why?" He said. Because Keith Laird once is going to sue us now. Who's who fucking Keith Laird? So he said, he's the fire safety officer. And I went, is all you've done took the eye out of his name? <laughs> can now Peter, you can't. Accuse someone of being a dog fucker. <laughs> and just take the eye out of his name. <laughs> so so he was, he was suing us, Channel 4. We're getting sued. Oh. And, and it threatened to smash the whole show to pieces. But what actually happened was, like Channel 4. He's gone. <laughs> Channel, gone. Channel 4, two fellas from Channel 4 came to the fellas' house. He's a Scottish fella called Keith Laird. Yeah. And he's a fire safety officer. The whole thing's the same. Yeah. So they came to his house to whack out a deal because he, and what he, good on him, he, he wanted £10,000 to be given to the Fire Benevolence Funds, right, for it. And while they were, apparently while they were there, Channel 4, they were looking at his emails that were coming up on his computer. And some of his emails were, ad- were addressed to Dog Tanyon. <laughs> and the dog fucker said, so we better pay this because this fella's life is... He's up the wall. Yeah. Ruins. <laughs> <laughs> the wall. Oh so they put out an apology at the end of the first episode, and I think, I think it, it seems to like make the show go bigger. I don't yeah, know what yeah. happened. It seems to Publish people read it, went start writing yeah, their phones. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. them days wasn't. Don't forget, there was no social media. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was all word of mouth, but it just it went nuts. So we wrote the first series, and then we started writing the second series, and I went and did the office. So yeah. they had to hold wait 
because we didn't really want to write without each other. Is, is, is Peter K funny in everyday life? Yeah, he's a very, very funny lad. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's, he's Sometimes I think like some comedians can like write a good script and then yeah. deliver it in a funny way, but in real life they're not that funny day to day. Peter's very sardonic. He's very. He's got a very dark humour, Peter. Yeah. But he's very, very funny. He's, yeah. he's, he's, uh, we used to laugh a lot about the stuff he used. He's got a really strange sense of humour, but yeah. it's funny. I mean, it's yeah. I think I think Peter's purest form is a stand-up. I think it's it's yeah. you know is. His original stuff, yeah, <laughs> stuff yeah, yeah. that he hasn't just brought out on seventeen different DVDs. <laughs> but but I mean, his original <laughs> stuff, <laughs> you know, some of it was brilliant. Oh, was and, yeah. and back in the day when we started, because we, that's how we met, really doing stand up, and he'd done like twelve gigs and was was headlining a thousand people. It was crazy. His rise through stand up <coughs> is 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 um, it's meteoric. It's mm. crazy. Like, yeah. how would you go from writing and starring in your own show to being in the office? How's that happened? Does someone just say? Come and come, you know, hire like an actor kind of thing. Or? Yeah, because f- I think because Phoenix Knights had done really well. The first series had come out and it was really do- had really done well, and we we got a British Comedy Award for I don't know if it was that year. I don't know when I got that. It might be for the second year, but it was it was it was up for all the awards. So what happened was uh, Asher Tyler, who produced The Office, uh, got in touch he, and he said, "Do you want to come down and read and, and read for one of the parts?" It was actually Gareth. Really? Okay. I got really close to the end with wow. Gareth. I mean, Mackenzie Crook was just amazing. So yeah. you bow out gracefully and go, yeah, right decision made. But yeah, I got really down the line with Gareth. And then they phoned up and they said, look, we're really sorry that you didn't get Gareth. And I went, ah, whatever, you know. And they said, well, will you just come in and do this part then? And that became the, the part of, uh, of uh, I can't even remember what his name is, isn't it? <laughs> it, it? That's another scene that me and the lads are quoting work, bloody hormones and all that, you know. Uh, yeah, do you know what? What weirdly happened was I hadn't, I hadn't, I didn't really know much about The Office. It was just starting to be filmed and I'd got me bit and I went, oh, nice. And, and it's actually the very, I'm in the very first scene yeah, of yeah. the very first episode. So I was probably the first person to see David Brent. Oh, yeah. To see him do David Brent, yeah, yeah. and there's a bit in it where he's he's talking and doing all the vis a vis and all this, <laughs> and, and and you can see my shoulders because I'm just God. <laughs> God this is he's brilliant. And there's he? a bit where he's on the phone and he says at the end of the phone call he goes to his missus, he goes, "How's the wife? She left you yet?" And he just he goes, "Yeah." And he puts the phone down and swallows, and he goes, "She has left the man." I just wait. <laughs> so I had a feeling that that it was going to be a bit special that show, like you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. did you know? Did you know it's going to be written to sort of fool people? Like it was a real documentary. That was the sort of aim. Yeah, was it was supposed time. to be that, but yeah. he, but he broke the fourth wall very early on, and yeah. it's not really. It, if you look at it, it's actually written wrong. Yeah. Because it's because it it does both. It doesn't really make a natural thing of doing anything. It's not really a documentary, but he talks to camera. Yeah. And then he does a load of stuff where the camera shouldn't be there. So it's yeah. it's a bit of a mismatch, but it just works. It's mm. He's got that character to a T. That's the best thing he's ever done. Ricky Gervais, I David Brent, yeah, he's got yeah. it. How Brent's often does he break up? Does he break up? Uh, well, if you ever see the outtakes at the office, oh, I'm yeah. on the fa- I'm in the outtakes, and there's a point where he says, I'm gonna, we're going to be here for the rest of our lives, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I keep saying he's a midget, David. And he just was going every single time. And when he laughs, he laughs. <laughs> It's a nuts laugh. <laughs> and there was a moment there, like when he says, well, I'm never getting out of this room. <laughs> ever getting out of this room. Because those outtakes are funny as well. The Phoenix Knights outtakes are just Seeing them, yeah. Killers, yeah, yeah. Like, With yeah. the inflatable cock. Yeah. Well, it's my favourite. <laughs> my favourite's the, uh, if you're ever watching, whoever's listening, if you ever watch Phoenix Knights on DVD or anything like that, get the, the outtakes. It's when just, we had, so Justin Morehouse's character, Young Kenny. Young Kenny, yeah. We had this idea that whenever there was a meeting, he'd always come up with something at the end of it that was just pointless. So one of them is, he says, any more business in the meeting? And he goes, he puts his hand up, he goes, you know stars in their eyes? <laughs> Why don't he just cut out all the, the bits in between and just have, like, someone coming out as Kenny Rogers and then someone coming out, and it's just... <laughs> and the idea is you just film people looking at him going, you utter knobhead, what do you want, you weapon? Yeah. So we had one which is him going, 
I had a boss like that when I worked at Walkers. And he's talking about Walkers Crisps and going on a Christmas holiday. Uh, it, it's a Christmas trip. We had a tip planned. 40 quid all in, your coach, your drinks, your cheese board. It, but it just, <laughs> Justin didn't learn the lines properly. He never did. Yeah. He was always busy gigging. And he came in and we were there till half, we were there till about half nine at night. I'm not even in the scene, but I waited to watch it. <laughs> so me and Paddy McGuinness are just crying. And it's on the DVDs now. And it's just gone for ages. And he, he's just going, <laughs> we are this boss. And in the end, everyone just, because look, when they tell you you can't laugh, it's the worst thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like in gone. school, isn't it? When you can't hold it in, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before we get back to the fuzzy, I'll never forgive myself if I don't ask you. Why is there no more Phoenix Knights? Why, is there was, why wasn't there season three? Why isn't there now? It's all down to Peter. Three? It's all down to Peter. Peter didn't want to. Uh, he, had, he, he likes to move on. He likes to sort of do stuff and then move on quite quickly. And, mm. uh, and he wanted to write Max and Paddy. And I, did, I said personally, I don't think Max and Paddy works. Max and Paddy were always a. For me, there were always an artist's license to get away from a, a scene. So you'd have action yeah. in the club, and then you cut to Max and Paddy going, you know, Charles Bronson, <laughs> and it cut back. And it, but the idea yeah. being to do it, do his shite. Well, there was always something going on that mm. they should have been attending, yeah, but they were yeah. too busy trying to name the seven dwarfs or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that was why. And so, so, and then it became apparent that Pete didn't want to do another series of Phoenix Knights, and I went well. <clears> so then he phoned, and uh, uh, and then we uh, he said, "I'm going to do Max and Paddy," and I said, "Well, I don't want to do it." It's, doesn't work for me, mm. so we went and did that. But then you know we was we've we've had sort of massive fallout since because it's it's a difficult situation when you when you're writing and spending that much time with people and then you go in different ways and it all got a bit sticky. It followed him more than you, didn't it? Phoenix Knight, he became sort of well, it was, it was his in people's is, eyes. The thing is, it was Pete's vehicle in the sense that he got the commission for it, mm. but three people wrote it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, I'd sit there watching him on Parkinson. They'd be saying, "Where'd you get all the gags from?" And he'd say, "Oh, my mum." And I'd be like, mm-hmm. "What?" Mm, yeah. And then I'd phone him and go, "Why are you saying that for?" Oh, he cut it out, cut the real answer out. And you know, you get to the point where you're just going, "Oh, there's awards getting won," and and you're like, "Why weren't we invited?" Because we mm. kind of wrote. So you get to the point then where you go, "You know what? The best thing to do is just let him get on with it because and try and move on to other things." You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. yeah it, I mean, I still get people to this day going, "Did you? Did you have anything to do with the writing?" And I'm like. Oh. It sort of followed him round, and I, I don't mean to be insulting when I no, say no, that, no, but it, no. it just seemed to, to the public eye it was his. Uh, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it was very much. Well, the thing is, you got to remember as well as it might give you a little insight into into every program he's ever made is called Peter Kay's. So yeah. it's Peter yeah, Kay's yeah. car share. Yeah. Peter Kay's uh, that Peter Kay thing. Yeah. Peter Kay's Phoenix Nights. Mm. So it's all got his name on it. So. You know, it's I guess it's designed so that everyone walks away thinking that it is. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, the series was very much his vehicle. There's no doubt about that. But the writing of it was three people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. but not just the writing. You still stole the show a little bit, didn't Absolutely, you? As well yeah. as Ray Well, he was good fun. When he, I used to back in the day. You see, when when I was when I was in uh, one of my first jobs, I had was was working for a DJ, a mobile DJ, and he was the full on sort of, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I used to kind of carry his records and all that. So. We used to do like the Derry Club in, in Anfield. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Stop the disco halfway through, so the pipers would come on playing the, all the Clean. rebel songs and that. You stand there halfway through, Frank goes to Hollywood, go, what's going on here? <laughs> it was bonkers, you know, but it, so I kind of got me thing from him and all that idea of talking like that. It's quarter after five. <laughs> he used to do all that. He had a comb over and there. He had no yeah. hands and ears. Well, speaking of comb overs, who was the uh, what was the what was the scene with the lad who, who puts the snowman on? Uh, what was his name in it? Um, oh, uh, the one with the big coke bottle glasses and yeah, that. Yeah, with Daniel Kitson. Oh. Uh, uh, Daniel Kitson. Yeah, but yeah, he, he, he's filling in, isn't he? The, on the, the, the DJ. The yeah, yeah. He was yeah. the first DJ before Ravon took over. Yeah. I think what happened there was I was basically saying I want a part in this, and there's no part. Where's all the parts gone? So, 
I think yeah. Daniel sort of made way for. Although he stayed in the first series. Yeah, he was still in it. Because yeah. he's all in all of three, but he's the one who. Um, then I come in the first episode because we shot it. All the punters were real punters, you know. They have a clue yeah, what's yeah. going on. It's a real club, isn't it's it? A real club, yeah. Yeah. You can see that a little bit on the faces, can't you? Because everyone's That's sort of exactly like looking what around. What's happening here? Pete wanted that look of what's going on here. So it was shot in Farmworth Labour Club, yeah. And, um, so the first time I'm on, we smoked. We smoked them at the club. <laughs> put a smoke machine on a bellows, and, and I'm, pl- I'm playing like dance Dutch, music. Yeah. Dutch hard house dance yeah. that was speeded up. Yeah. So it's all like, <laughs> and they went for bingo. They went bananas. <laughs> And they all had to climb out because they had asthma and that, and the smoke was getting to the... It's banging in here. It's banging in here, yeah, that's it, yeah, yeah. I was smashing the machines a bit with a hammer. So they never had a clue what was going on. Yeah. It was just constantly like, you know, send the buggers back after them and go, oh, these are good. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I could talk Phoenix nights all night on yeah, good fun, like. Back to the foot, you think we left it in the 80s, moving on to the 90s, um, Ian Rush was sort of being replaced by Robbie Fowler. Yeah. How good was Fowler breaking through? Could you tell at that age... That he was going to be what he was, a record goal scorer, if you will. Couldn't until, until he was just banging them in all the time. And he, yeah. he had that lovely partnership with McManaman as well, didn't he? Where mm. they seemed to find each other a lot. And he was a, just an incredible finisher. I mean, what a player. Well, remember that fastest... Remember the attack against Arsenal? against Arsenal, Arsenal yeah. yeah. phenomenal. You yeah. know, he's a phenomenal kid. And, and off the back of that, I mean, when you think about it, you know, we had Rush and then we had... I suppose be going before that, we had the Keegan and, and you know, Toshak and... And then Rush, and then Fowler, and then Owen. I mean, we've been spoiled. Yeah, then Salah. Salah, Salah, Salah. We've always had good strikers. It's like been an incredible thing that we've had this, you know, this plethora of, of brilliant strikers. But yeah, the 90s was a funny one, wasn't it? Because it was the sp- it was the sort of the Spice Boys and that one, and it was a weird yeah. one. We had some great players. Um, uh, Roy Evans taking over the last of the boot room, really, wasn't it? The mm-hmm. boot room was demolished, wasn't it, actually? That's yeah, that, that, was was that was under Sooness. Sooness got rid of it all, Sooness, you know, Sooness sort of had his own plans. He'd done it, with, he'd done it at Rangers as well, hadn't he? Yeah, he'd been to Santoria, hadn't he? And he, he come back with all like these new methods that well, he wanted to try. Eating the pasta and all that palaver, <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, and, yeah. Which I suppose now he was a forerunner for it because th- mm, that's that's yeah. the way it is now. I always remember with Sooness, though, it was a weird one because we had a Liverpool team that had lots of old members and new members in it and... I do always remember that famous grobble slapping McManaman in the face on the pitch and all that. And I remember going to, um, I was at a party in London and Liverpool playing Arsenal the next day. And the Liverpool team coach, I think I had a Liverpool scarf or a badge. Liverpool team coach was coming up the road where I was walking in, in London and, and McManaman or someone saw me and they must have been saying, there's some of the lads going to the match, but I wasn't. I was going back home. I'd, I'd spent the <laughs> night in a, in a, in a flat. <laughs> But the morale was, it, it stank. The morale yeah. was really low under Sooners. He, 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 he had a difficult job in that, like, it was possibly time to move some of the legends on. Yeah, he yeah. said, he even admits himself, he'd done it a little bit too soon, maybe, yeah. season or two too early. But it wasn't an enviable... No, it was it was a little bit of a poison chalice, really, wasn't it? Because he was taking over a really sort of experienced, successful dressing room. Yeah. One that he'd been part of as well with players that he'd play with, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, you've got to stamp your authority... And as you say, I think, you know, we, we know he's made mistakes along the way, but it, it was a tough gig, I think, that he got handed there. I, I, you know. I think it's significant that it became the Premier League as well and the money came into it and that, and that, that yeah. that's not compatible with his it style was prob- of management whatsoever. It was probably the first <coughs> time where the, where the, where the you know, the, the pop star boys' yeah, attitude yeah. was starting to kick in, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And his methods weren't going to really jive with that way. He, yeah. he made the massive mistake selling the story to the Sun. Yeah, that was the one. That was the mistake. Yeah, stupid. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he's almost. I mean, it's funny that we we have forgotten people, don't we? We have, we have, you know, we have uh, Michael Owens, a forgotten player. Yeah, 
Yeah. And very much soon as I think it's the forgotten, forgotten manager. You're a manager that's part of it, but never really spoke mm. about. Mm. He probably does more good now sitting talking about us on telly, Johnny. Because yeah. you can tell he still loves the club, though. Yeah. Like yeah. The way he speaks. Yeah, I tell you what, you could see, you could see, you could see the reputation he's got because Roy Keane was patting him. Yeah, yeah. Roy Keane loved him didn't oh, he? Yeah. last yeah. night. Yeah. He gives no quarter to no one. But yeah. when you look at someone's, I was looking at a thing on Twitter recently, and it was some of them soonest tackles were just off the. What yeah. a player, by the way. Yeah. The one at Rangers in the old Fame derby. Oh yeah. Where he just boots him up the ass and goes down. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> remember Garth Brooks remember Garth Crook Garth Brooks I call him yeah. Garth Brooks had butted him didn't he but some of his tackles were just nuts yeah. Yeah. he's a he's a, he's a legend in there in, is it Fenerbahce oh yeah, yeah with Turkey, the flag yeah. stuck the flag in the deck didn't yeah. he? but he's just a bonkers wasn't he they yeah. still won him their fans that, yeah. um, remember Danny Dyer on the show the real football hooligans and the Garth Astley fans were like we're still we still haven't forgot. <laughs> we still want him. One half, <laughs> yeah. Greece, one half of Turkey wants to kill him, and yeah. the other half wants to make him the king. Lord, <laughs> yeah. But he was some player. I mean, that was that was that. I mean, again, you couldn't play like that anymore. You couldn't mm, do yeah. any of that stuff anymore. But he was some tough player, and, and very much like who we were missing. Steve McMahon, I suppose, was was until he played against Vinnie Jones. Yeah. But Steve McMahon, we there was always that thing. The blueprint of Liverpool's success was always in the midfield, wasn't it? Yeah. And mm. I think Fabinho now is the one that, that seems to be coming through. That goes. That we can go. He knows how to do it in time of tackle, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, and that you know that is is that is different to the others that we've had, isn't he? You know, he's uh, we've talked about having me on the podcast. He's a ball winner. You yeah. know, he's not he's not just a presser. He's a, he's someone who's going to win the ball. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, do you remember what remind me about that? Somebody, that we yeah, somebody <laughs> remind, listen, somebody reminded me the other week that it wasn't that long ago that Alan Kirbyshley was getting talked about as being our next Jesus. manager. That's that's how far we've come because yeah. we ended up with Roy, didn't we? Well, I, I don't, still don't know how that happened. The media talked him into that job. It was like, I still can't believe when I look back that Roy Hodgson was Liverpool manager. Was like, I, I can't believe that manager and then went and signed Paul Koncheski and Poulsen. Jovanovic. Oh. We both come down the table under him. When you like, trying to sign Carlton Cole and stuff, and he was in a helicopter and oh, mate, all I, stuff. I don't know. It, it was an absolutely shambolic time. Yeah, but that's enough anyway about Hodgson and his, <laughs> his era. Cause, hey, you know he did what a mean? favour. Rub it out. Did us a favour this year, though, didn't he, with, with uh, Palace? Well, yeah, true. Set first time now, not, not, not second time. Not second time, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah. St- sticking with the 90s, before we do move away from the 90s, one of the biggest things that happened to Liverpool was, was off the pitch, that the famous spine cop. Was went from an all, an all standing stand to an all seater. The Kemlin Road as well was was um, made into like an all seater as well. Was it emotional for you seeing the spine cop being being knocked down? Because a lot of grown, a lot of men do say it was emotional to see that. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's because again, it's that b- back to that memory of running up all them steps. But the funny thing was about it was because obviously the, the aftermath of Hillsborough and stuff. The cop, the cop was designed properly. Yeah. So when you went, you you went up steps to get into the cop. So you, your, your momentum and your speed and your weight was controlled because you were going up, whereas obviously what we know about the, 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 the hills, but the ground, it was downhill. Yeah. So it was, so it was, it, it was nothing, there was no, never any jeopardy in, in, in the cop. I can remember being sitting on the bars and, as a kid and Liverpool had scored and you'd jump up and then the next thing you'd turn and your mate had gone. <laughs> yeah. Somebody would whack him on the back and he'd go <laughs> flying off the thing. But he was just, he just de- delved down and pick him back up yeah, again. You know yeah. what I mean? Things you had to watch out for with the fellas rolling up the programmes and having a slash. Yeah. That's what you yeah. had to watch out for. On your leg. <laughs> on, on your leg and everything. Yeah, yeah. My, my, uh, my brother went to the match once and um, he'd, uh, at half time, he turned round and he f- went, felt his pocket and it was soaking wet and he turned out to the fella behind him and he went, you've just pissed on my leg. You sc- it was mad and anyway they got broken up and then he reached into his pocket and he, he, he'd had a cup drink and it had burst <laughs> 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 and he got launched off the ground but, but um, 
we're in the two toilets in the cop though, and everyone was lashed before the game, so yeah. it's fair enough, isn't it? Yeah, it was just all. Yeah, it was just all. It was just rivers, just yeah. torrents of. <laughs> but it was. Um, I used to stand behind. I used to go behind the cop. You see, so so it was. But it was amazing being there, like and 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 just sitting on the little bar or getting just on one of the little barriers and yeah, the intensity of it. But it was never any trouble, and it was never any. Mm. You know, it was never. A, it was never a. A danger. It never felt like there was ever going to be any danger. Everyone was there for the same reason, and that was to cheer them on. But um, yeah, I suppose like anything else, it's part of, it's part of your folklore. It's part of your club yeah. folklore, and it's so. It's a. Uh, it was. It was a sad day to see that go. On. People got lumps of the cop, yeah, haven't they, the, and little the, things and yeah. all that. I was there for the last game. Norwich. My uncle's a right. red, and I'm obviously never told him. And he got me, and he said, "You're not not going to the cop. Forget forget who you support. You're not not going into the cop." And I was there. I think Norwich beat us one nil. And Leeds done Everton three 0 It was the penultimate game of the season before we beat Wimbledon, and read the scores out and said Leeds three, Everton nil, and the whole place went mad. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> never coming back here. <laughs> it was, even as an Evertonian, a young Evertonian, it was just it was surreal to be in like at the back, and it was like, yeah. what is this? Like, I mean, I'm being, but back in the day, there was seventy thousand just in the cop. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it was a, it was swaying, Pain singing all the Beatles nuts. songs and all that. Oh, so yeah. you've got all that as well. It's it, it's all part of that folklore, isn't it? But I guess there's. I guess it has to move on. I mean, if you stand, no one sits in the cup now anyway, so no, it's, no. it's virtually exactly the same thing. But um, I suppose you have to move on, don't you? And that's yeah. that's what the, in that in, in the in the in the in the light of what has happened, you could mm. you could. Was there not. an acceptance from people was like this is what we need at the time? I think w- probably. Was there I any pushback from certain quarters? Or I don't know. I mean, I, 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 certainly not for me. But then that was what, when was that? Ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I. I I had I had post-traumatic stress disorder for about fifteen years, so yeah. I, I was out the game. I, d- I, d- I don't, I can't even remember really ab- anything about that. But I know that um, I know that the, the the vast majority I spoke to were like, in light of what's happened, we can't really say nothing about yeah. it. Anyway. Yeah. You've got to, you, it was all about safety. There was a huge yeah. thing about it then. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And, yeah. and, and still is. I mean, what's your like the sort of experience now? Like going the game for you? Because obviously, obviously, well recognised and stuff like that. I mean. Has it changed for you going the games? You know, like from when you used to go and and, and stuff, and, and and when you go now, does it change it at all? You know, like sort of. No, it's always been nice. I mean, I think the ba- the main thing was when I did Rafa, because oh, yeah. because <laughs> because that could have gone either way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? I didn't want to do it. I, I, my brother was me. Dave Kirby took me out for the coffee, and he went. I've written this thing about fifth, you know, about what happened at half time in Istanbul. And I was all oh, right, Prince. He said. There's only one person I want to play Rafa, and that's you. And I went, never in a million years <laughs> am I playing Rafa. <laughs> and he went, why is it? Because I'm, I'm a red. And if I get that wrong, I'll make a yeah. show myself. <laughs> and I won't be able to go to the ground. I won't be able to go to a match because everyone will be going, is that Divi who did that <laughs> stupid? <laughs> I went, never in a million. And my brother was producing it, and he phoned me up. I was doing peep show actually in London, and my brother phoned me up, and he went, Neil, come on, please. And I went, no. And he went on at me for weeks and weeks and weeks. And in the end, he just big brothered me, and he just went, like, you know, I'm in, I'm in the shit here. You need to sort it out and come on. And in the end, I went, all right, whatever, sound. I think I came home on a Sunday night from finishing Peep Show. And on a Tuesday, I was I was filming that. Because I, I thought, I'm not going to look like him. I'm not going to. So I started to look, because I had to learn Spanish and everything. It was nuts mm. in a short amount of time. I thought, I'm not going to look like him. And I started studying his mannerisms. And his, he's got, like, small arms. It was weird. The small <laughs> arms. say, like, something. Bloody hormones. Yeah, Pickford should be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a... He's just got that thing about him where it looks like his... Anyway, I went home and my, and my missus shaved my head and looked in the mirror. I went, fucking hell, put this off here. Yeah. So, um, and I said to the director, look, just one thing, right, when I come out, when I do this speech, I don't want anyone there. Close the set off. 
because if the camera's just on me, then I can stay just on me, and there's no one there, and I'm just basically doing it down, or to you and a couple of other people who were there. Fuck me, there must have been about 80 people. <laughs> no one gave a shit. The half time no speech. Yeah, yeah, speech. yeah. Fucking Diddy and Man was there, and fucking. There's a few of them in it. In yeah, in yeah. The Harry Gerrard. Yeah, yeah, the actual players, yeah. And yeah. loads of funny lookalikes as well, isn't it? There's loads of good lookalikes. Big Davy Price. Yeah, Price hip, was in it, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I think that I think, but but you know what? It's come off. It came off great, and, and everyone loves it. And, and it's so going to match now is I think I think people just respect the fact that I'm going to see the game. So mm. I've never had any kind of shit at all, really, off anyone. It's been really good for that. You know what I mean? It's yeah. People, if anything, it's just you know, it's just say hello. And I'm always happy to say hello to people and have a chat with people. If anyone ever decides to give me any crap, like I'm always at the door. Yeah, it's, it's not. I don't mean like from from that perspective. I, I always sort of feel like is, does it is it does it is it weird when you're a sort of celebrity going the game, you know, like sort of thing. Like, can can you still enjoy Ian it? Ian Beale goes. Ian Beale's got a fucking season ticket. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, like when when you go with your ways and that, and there's always little keepers happening and stuff like that, isn't it? But no yeah. one knows you, so it doesn't matter. But like if you're a well-known face, you, you lose all of that. <laughs> sort of, yeah. I just have to watch the keepers. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Does it yeah. change that sort of experience? You know, like when when, you, when, yeah, when you're I away mean, in that yes and no I mean I suppose it does I mean I think there are times you lose your anonymity whatever you do in this game anyway so whatever mm. you do whether it's going to match or whether it's going to a club you know it's mm. you, yeah, yeah. you've always the party you've always got to go because especially now because I've caught people phone, I've caught people videoing me while I'm having a bevy with my mates and that and you have to go over and go kids it's, I'm not that important I'm not yeah, that yeah. interested yeah, or important yeah. but you know if, if you put that out there then I'm in shit and, mm. and, and I'm only having mm. a bevy or I'm Mm. So I think I just have to be careful. I've, and the lads, I to be honest with you, the lads I go to game with and the lads I go for the baby with, they're always very protective anyway. Yeah, they so they've always got to. one eye open and, yeah. that, and 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 they'll always block me off if someone's being funny or you know what I mean that kind of thing. But it's generally great to be honest with you. I mean I've never had any hassle at all or anything like that. I, and I can kind of relax as much as possible when 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 everyone's getting bevied. You know what I mean? If mm. someone then goes there's rave on or something. then I usually give it to you, and then I'm off. <laughs> yeah. It's mad the way you say that. We had uh, David Weir in for, for the show, and he said when he was at Hearts, the players used to go to the pub opposite the grounds, have a pint with the fans. Yeah. And he, he went back there a few months ago to do a bit of scouting, and he went in there for a pint. I said, mobile phones were in my face, video yeah. me, and I just wanted to come and say hello and yeah. have a pint. It's such a different world after now, it's, and it's weird as well, because people are doing it for, for a certain reason and, and, mm. and, and, and then trying to trying to get you to it's nasty man there's a nasty mm. side to it. I hate I can't stand the social media that side of it yeah. social media can be great for, for certain things but you've got a lot of really weird Peter Pandora's box in it yeah. Yeah. and you've got a, if I see phones out normally I just give it to me I'll just sort of go alright I'll be on my way because it can it stifles your enjoyment because they are yeah. trying to have you off and yeah. then They'll think nothing of the of the ramifications of, no. of and the problem is with them things they're taken out of context all the time. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Have seen one with Peter K in the supermarket and he's got his kids. Someone's videoing Peter K and he's got his kids with him and he goes, "I've got me kids with me, you pedo." And the NFL laughs. He goes, "I'm not joking. Turn yeah, it off." Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've never seen Peter K like that. Obviously, because I've been programmed to see him and yeah. you see how he reacted to his well, kids being filmed. See, the problem with that is then see people could look at that. That could get in isolation. That could be yeah. look at him kicking off that. That thought I could have been hounding him. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the, the 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 Jamie Carragher thing, where is whatever what he did with the spitting was ridiculous, mm. and it was just a moment of madness from him. But Jamie's a sound lad, yeah. and 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 he and he's he's got a lot of patience. But that fella's probably for all we know, he's probably been beeping him every twenty seconds down that road. Yeah. He's stuck in traffic, and and, and I, you know, I've I knocked about with Stephen Gerrard for a while, and you've never seen anything like that in your life. It's yeah, it's you can imagine. Well, he ends up. 
going to America to sort of get out that pressure cooker, didn't he? Because Liverpool's a small city as well, isn't it? One of them, one of them places. I mean, where... there was, you know, he came to he came to the Cannes Film Festival to support a f- the Charlie Nodes, the second film I wrote. He came, and we, me and my brother, were getting largely ignored by by the film industry. Everyone, British film industry, didn't give a shit about us. We were just two scouts doing a film, and who cares? And then I got a phone call off my mate, who, who was one of the producers of it, who was Stephen's best mate, and he said Stephen's just landed. He's here now. So I said, you're joking. I said, when can I make it official? And he went, now. He's touched down now. I went, all right. So I turned around to this fella and, this, and I went, you know where? Called him over. I said, do you know if someone like an England footballer was coming to support my film, what would you do with security? And he went, who do you mean like? And I went, well, and he went, what do you mean Gerard? And I went, possibly, <laughs> yeah. And the fucking world went upside. I mean, from <laughs> it was nuts. Really? It was bonkers. We were in Tarantino's after show party that night <laughs> on a beach with... Djokovic, the tennis oh, player, yeah. come over to Stephen and was like, with his girlfriend, and his girlfriend got off in the end because he just turned his back on his girlfriend and went, I'm talking to Stephen <laughs> Gerrard. It, it was just, and, and you got this, I mean, even Stephen went, whoa, this is bonkers. It was just limos everywhere. It was, the Ritz-Carlton went to Stephen, why didn't you come and stay with us? You could have stayed here for nothing. It was, yeah, it was just. It's a different planet, isn't it? It's a different planet, and, and I'll, I'll never, ever, I'll never forget what he did for my film for coming over because he didn't have to do that and he came over to help me out, you know what I mean? Mm. But when you've lived a moment in their lives and pieces as well, these are different, you know, these yeah. are different levels. And that's why I hate that kind of social media because that fella will just in isolation go, look what he called me. You don't know what that fella's been doing. Yeah, yeah. It's all taken out of context, yeah. you know, so nasty. Well, talking social media, we get questions each week on our weekly show and one of the questions the Reds had a while back was, because they were talking about the Brendan Rodgers team compared to Klopp's team. You're forgetting the Julier team, the treble team. Yeah. You look back at that team at fondness, that 2001 treble winning team. Yeah, it was a great side, yeah. Mm. And, 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 and you know, f- uh, of course, he was very much he was very much the man who who, who engineered Gerrard's rise at Liverpool. Mm. Gave him his first start. And Carragher. And Carragher's. And, yeah. mm. and then you had McAllister, who, you know, what a player McAllister was. Mm. What a mm. player McAllister was. We very nearly signed Dion Dublin. Yeah. By the way, really? Yeah, he very nearly signed Dion Dublin, but he went for um, Dion Dublin. Told me that <laughs> he came to see him. That might have been worked out okay he too. Came to see him, yeah, yeah. Give you advice on your house now, wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Phil, he's, he's, he's Andy with a semi. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, we had some great players on that side. Really, when you think about it, and uh, yeah, we did. We did. We won the Super Cup, didn't we? And yeah, and well, the Alaves. The Alaves was the uh, was the. Uh, well, someone made the point. You know. I, I can't think what it was. Maybe when we, when I was doing a little bit of the research ahead of this, actually, was it was it yourself who said if you think about all the finals Liverpool have been and we gave, we had the yeah, best UEFA yeah, Cup final. That's what I said. Yeah, we had the best European Cup yeah. final and we've had the best FA Cup final, yeah, the yeah. Gerrard final. Yeah. I mean, that's that's that was that going back to that moments thing as well as about what a club gives you moments and and we 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 have. I mean, Istanbul will be long seen as the greatest European Cup final ever. Mm. From three 0 down, yeah, it was just extraordinary, yeah. wasn't it? And the FA Cup final, I always remember I was at Cardiff for that. I always remember that Gerard smashing that ball, that and ball. I it, and Shaka Hislop always used to have a whale day against yeah, us yeah. as well. And it went in the back. Then I thought the whistle had blown. I thought because I couldn't possibly see how that had been uh, that had gone going. In. Yeah. I, was, like, I remember coming out after we'd won that. I was in a bar. We were waiting to get picked up, and I was ex- I was mentally, Creamed. physically exhausted. Yeah. I was in the bar. Going, I'm exhausted because that whole <laughs> and that night, you know, we went, we jumped in the car, and we were knocking about with Steve at the time, and we went, we ended up in the Alma de Cuba, and that's where. They have to. They were bringing the cup back, having a meal, mm. and in the crypt at the back, a little abbey thing at the back, yeah, was yeah. where this private do was. So we get there, dead it. We get there before everyone. The team are upstairs still. So and I'd just done a thing, right? I'd, I'd done an episode of Casualty with you and Macintosh. He was in the office. Mm. Who plays Big Keith? 
Oh, legends. Oh, yeah. So Stephen loves Stephen loved the office. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the hotel one night with with Ewan, and Ewan's a big red Scottish lad, but he's a big red. Yeah. He's a Cockney lad, but he's. And um, he does this thing with a Scotch egg, doesn't he, in the office? <sighs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm so my mate Grassy phones me up, and I said, I said, listen, I'm with Ewan here. He's a massive fan. He's out the office, and so I heard Paul going. He's with Keith out the office. I said, Are you with me? <laughs> so Paul said, I'm with Skipper. So I went, tell Skipper I'm with, I'm with Keith out the office. So I've gone to Ewan. Skipper's here. And he went, so Ewan's going. So, but Stephen was going. So Stephen's gone. I, I, I don't know what to say to Keith. So anyway, I've put the phone to Ewan. I've gone, yeah, here's Skipper, here's Stevie. Here. So I can see Ewan's face has gone all red. All right, mate, yeah, 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 yeah. So we was made up. So anyway, when, he, when we put the phone down, I said to Gratty, I'm going to get a little message done for Stephen. So I got Ewan to do this thing where he goes, so Ewan sitting there with his shirt and tie on, and it was down the phone, and he's going, Steve Girard, Girard. <laughs> Passed the ball 40 yards. Dead, you know the and way Keith he was. Yeah. Yeah. As Keith, he's big and he's fucking hard. <laughs> Steve Girard, Girard. And then bites the Scotch egg at the end. Of <laughs> so I sent it to Stevie. So that night we're in the crypts at the back of the club. And Stephen comes in and that, and so I said, mate, oh, how did you do that, that bonny went. He said, to be honest with you, Fitz, I was too knackered to cross it. That was the thing about it. So we just did so it. So we just belted it. I know. So anyway, and it was brilliant. So turn around, I was talking to Carrot, and Carrot went, he's a machine, he's a robot, and he's fucking unbelievable. We're all... So I said, what, were you, what did you keep saying when you... When... And I love this, because it's proper Carrot, it's real. Yeah. And it's also a Liverpool thing as well. Yeah. Despite the club, it's a Liverpool thing. Yeah. I said, what were you thinking there when you were getting to the end and, and, you, and you were getting beaten? And Carrie said, I just turned around and I just kept shouting, we can't get beat to these, this shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I just imagine the other players going, all right, leave it out, leave it out. It's a I Sunday league chosen. I loved it because it was a Sunday league. It was just, but it, it meant something to him. He was yeah, like, these yeah. are shit, what are we doing? Yeah. Yeah. So then I was getting off then and I said, look, I'm going to get off because I'd been out, I'd been away for three days and I had to get home, you know. So I shook Stevie's hand and I went, listen, stay, I said, you just give us another memory there today. I said, that was just off the scale, mate. I mm. said, I really appreciate that. And he went, Fitz, thanks for uh, giving me that thing off Keith off the office. He didn't did have to give me a boost before the kickoff. <laughs> I'll be fucking back leg. Went to Fitz, won the FA Cup. 20 foot. I walking out the club, I was, yeah. yeah. So it was down to you then? Down to <laughs> yeah. me, basically, that cup's down yeah. to me. How did you get so friendly with him? Was it after the 15 minutes that shook the world? No, what yeah. happened, What it was, was it was his mate, Gratty, Paul McGratton, who was, who oh, was, yeah. uh, who was uh, he was. I met him out one night in a, in, a, in a boozer, and he said, "Oh, Stephen was a massive fan of the office." You see? Oh yeah. So um, I was talking to Paul one night, and he said, "Oh, me mates," and he was, I think Paul was with F Robbie Fowler because right? Robbie was a big Phoenix Knights fan. And um, and then we, I, I got outside talking, and he said, "Oh, me mate, Steve." I'm not about Steve yet, and I think he just got through that really. I went and yeah. had a pint with them, and then I sort of just knocked about with them for the, for the, for the, for a while, then, yeah. you know, after that, and so right through yeah. that cup and all through that time. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. You have like an amazing. inside, an insight. Yeah, I've got some stories I'll never tell them. I've got some stories <laughs> yeah. I can't, I can't tell them. I've been in some situations. Until the mic's turned off. Incredible situations, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really have, and I've seen some interesting things one way or the other, and I've seen how their lives are sometimes, and I wouldn't swap seats with any of them. No. Stevie's particularly, you know. Of, you know uh, yeah. I can always remember, I'll tell you this, I remember being in the 3-1 derby when he got sent off, when Adam yeah. Kuhl scored the third. And he was, he was utterly devastated. We drove back to his house, and he was just kept going. I've let everyone down. I said, Stevie, one, three, one. I said, don't matter. We let everyone. And it was at times like that. It doesn't matter who you support, but you, you always like to think that you've got a player in your midst that absolutely... Oh, yeah. That's why we loved him. And, that's, yeah. and, and I can him. tell you, hand on heart, I saw it first hand. 
and, and, and we were driving through all the things in the station on Steam Jail got sent off and like, people on phone-ins going, you know, yet again he's let us down and all that. And I'm thinking, oh, you lads haven't got a clue. Mm-hmm. You haven't, I know the full story of what happened with the Chelsea sign and I can't ever tell it, to be honest with you. Yeah. But I know the full story and, and no one will ever really understand how close he came to going mad. He says in his book, yeah. doesn't he? He touches upon it, obviously you say there, but he touches upon how hard that decision was for him. He was being pulled to the left and right. Yeah. He was left out to dry, to be honest with you. Yeah. And uh, and and uh, and it was horrendous. And I can, I know the full depth of what went on. And it was just. And then you see people burning his shirt outside the ground and all that. Yeah, and that hurt that kid. And always will. And always will. Mm. That but tends to be down to like the, the reporters and that. I've, I've seen it with. Yeah, it was, was, was it Coutinho? Yeah, was it Coutinho's one? The the reporters came down with the shirt. Said, "Can you? We'll give you this for they'll just always, burn They'll down, always do know. that, mate. Won't you? You know, it's. A, it's Nine times out of ten, you'll find that the media have gone behind it somewhere or another. That's what they do. Their job is to create stories. Their job is to sell newspapers, and they'll do anything and everything they can to stoke it up, and and and, and then yeah. st- and then watch it and film it, and 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 say how disgusting it is. And they've been, they've been the ones who've, st- yeah. who've done it. Leave lives mm. in tatters and then move on to the next story. Absolutely do, mate. Yeah, mm. absolutely do. And that's why you know someone like Stephen, you have to admire the way he's he's he's, he's lived his life, the way he's done it. You know, yeah. and uh, and he's only going to take that into management now, and and I I, I can. I can see a time when he's a manager of Liverpool, no doubt about it's it. It's the one shining light for life after Klopp, isn't it? <laughs> probably is, to be yeah. fair. And actually well, hopefully not straight away, though, in my no, opinion. No, no. I'll have another it's 10 years of Klopp, thing. thank you. <laughs> yeah. No, um, I mean, I mean conse- like the consecutive yeah, manager, yeah. Like, you know, like Ferguson Moyes. Yeah. I think I want to go. But, but, you know, the job he's done with, with the Rangers is mm-hmm. extraordinary. Helped yeah. a lot by Liverpool, I think, with some of the players. He's trying to get Ryan Kent in Yeah. But a great appointment, because when he got that, you know, people were like, has he gone mad? But actually, what he's done is very, very clever because he's got them. I suppose all, all, the, all the fans would have wanted from Rangers was to get them up there near them and may win the odd old family. He's done it. Mm. You seen when he when he when he went there? Their ground was full, just yeah. celebrating them yeah. getting there. I was on holiday and I beat it with some Rangers fans last summer, and they were made up. And I, I said to them, like, he's not being a manager. And he went, don't care. Steve Gerrard, it's what we need. And I tell you what, and it's interesting. But he's galvanised and, yeah. and and he's brought the person he is. To management tonight. That's why I've got no doubts about him because mm. I know I know the kind of person he, he is, and mm. and I know how we can. And and it's also the respect he brings. Mm. You know. Is he right up there for you? With who you've seen play for Liverpool, you've oh, seen Dagley, Sunes, Rush. Is he right up there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I always said that Stephen was the was the probably for me Stephen more than Dalglish in the mm. sense that I was more understanding of of the teams he played around. Yeah. And, and 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 I mean Dalglish was in incredible teams and Dalglish, you know what I love. I've probably gone back over to Dalglish now to be fair, but <laughs> but um Stephen played in some pony sides and he just yeah. did yeah. things that were extraordinary. And I, I've yet to see a midfield player that, that's that's come anywhere near Stephen. For what for his box to box for the for the for the for the and also as well I think the reason is because I've seen the other side of him and yeah. I know I know that he bled for that club. I mm. mean, he just... We would have nights out plans, and if we drew or got beat, he'd cancel them. Mm. Mm. Not because he didn't want to face Dick, because he was in such a knack. Mm. His night was ruined, basically. His night was yeah. ruined. No. Stevie drew, and I asked. Not happening. Yeah. I remember the story of... I remember, I remember he had Vornan. Yeah. He had the ponytailed wonder <laughs> Vornan. Wow. Yeah. Ukrainian. He had a... He had a, he had a um, I think he had, he, he, they had. They both had the same commitments. I think doing an advertising for something. Because Stephen very, really, really did advertise and stuff. But he had, I think, he had a contact with Adidas. So they had to fly somewhere in the jet to do some, some work. It was on like this, the, the Friday or the Saturday night. Didn't have a game, but they had a game midweek. And they come on back, and Steve's with his agents, and Vodnan's with his agents, and champagne corks. He had popped, you know. 
and he walks over with a glass to Steve, and Steve said, "We got a game on Thursday, you prick." <laughs> 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 and that was his no, thing. That's I what mean, you I, want, I, isn't it? You know that. That is, I hope. I hope I haven't. I haven't told any stories out of, out of school there, but mm. that just summed up the kind of commitments he had. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, and that's probably why he'll always be there. But then I could always add a caveat to that and say Suarez is one of the greatest players I've ever seen in the Red Yeah. yeah. Well, the, you know, you, phenomenal. You're saying the same. Like I'm, I'm the same. I, I put Suarez in there as you know the best I've I've ever seen talent wise in the pool shape. Never Steven seen a man Gerard, chase fifty yards absolutely. and stop the ball going out for the throwing. Yeah. Never yeah. seen anything like it in my life. Yeah. Yeah. He was absolutely just something else. Extraordinary yeah. footballer. Yeah. Yeah. He was a man possessed that season under Rodgers, wasn't he? He, yeah. he was the one who was possessed. And Again, now Stephen got him to stay. He was yeah. going to Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Stephen said, just give these. Stephen actually said, give us another season and go to a big club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. the Real Madrid's and the Barcelona's, he called it bang on. Yeah. Another thing Rodgers has to be commended for there was Rodgers just completely wiped his hands to Suarez. Yeah. Put him in. He was training him with him. It was a World Cup year, wasn't it? So yeah. he knew. Well, what it was, mm. was he knew that the only way to get to Suarez was stopping playing football because mm. football was his outlet. Football was the thing that made him. And he yeah. was, you know, he was a nutcase, clearly, but Rodgers handled that very, very well, I think, yeah. by just going, I'm not pandering to you. He's just not playing. Yeah, he and put him in the 23s, didn't he? And, yeah. and, was, yeah. and he, does he have to write a written letter to the, yeah. to the team and apologise? Apologise for <laughs> But then we got a season out and the likes of which I've never seen before in real life or since. Yeah. Mm. But it's interesting, isn't it, that we're going to be playing against yeah. Suarez, Coutinho, against, uh, you know, against Barcelona. And it's like sort of one of them, isn't it? Like you're sort of interested to see what, as well. what he'll he's do. He's a bit tasty field. as well. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I mean... Uh, you know, I say I'm going. To, I'm going to the Barca game. I think, and I can't wait to go there and see that. I've, I mean, I don't know what first I think. leg, innit? Uh, first legs, Barca. Yeah, yeah first yeah. legs next week, isn't it? Next yeah. next Wednesday, yeah. innit? Um, and I think just for part of the experience of being there as well, and it'll be a, it'll be interesting to to be in there, Gaff. Yeah. But um, you know what? I, I I put us up against anyone. Yeah, over two legs, particularly. Put us up yeah, against anyone. Two legs. Yeah. Yeah. Over two legs, definitely. But I just think that front three are extraordinary. I think the back four. I think it's only really midfield, but I think we're starting to click there now. And I would put us, and especially at Anfield, because yeah. I don't care who you are. I remember Pavel Nedved's knees knocking. It sounds like a fucking racehorse, that, doesn't it? But <laughs> 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 I shit you not, I can remember the sound was bonkers in that ground. Yeah. And I can remember, I can remember, I meant to be making <laughs> and, yeah. then I, and then I remember John Terry and Frank Lampard coming out in the paper going, we're, they're talking about the uh, they're talking about uh, Anfield in the, in the European ice. We're used to it. We play for England. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> Just because some clown from, from Great Yarmouth <laughs> <laughs> tattooed up to his eyeballs going, come on, England! You haven't got a clue what you're talking about. And then they fell as well, by the way. So the, the, yeah. You know, that second leg in Anfield's going to be... I love it when they come out and go, we won't be phased. Yeah, We've seen it all before. It's like whenever you see a boxer getting clipped and he smiles, you think, well, that hurts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No one's ever been fooled by that. Ever. Yeah. I think I'll smile here to throw off the set. No, I know that your head's stinging. It's only so belly who does that, doesn't he, all the time? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he used to belly who used to yeah. smile getting hit. Yeah. Any, well, it's because he's bonkers in it, but yeah. I think. Any, uh, anyone, so I think uh, over two legs, but definitely the second leg being an Anfield is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. If we can try and keep it tight. Defence is good enough and away goals count, so, yeah. I think we can do it. Staying with the European theme, and I'm, I'm sure the Reds have pranked me and making me ask all these questions. It should be them leading this, but <laughs> I said Steven Gerrard was up there with your, your best ever players. I'm sure the, one of your best ever nights as a Liverpool fan was Istanbul 2005. Yeah, it was, and I wasn't there. Right. I was doing a film called uh, Pierpoint, which is uh, which is about the hang uh, the hangman, uh, Albert Pierpoint, with uh, Timothy Spall and that. And, I was, and it was the director, was a Chelsea fan. <laughs> and... Um, when we beat Chelsea, I said to him, can I bring me Liverpool top in? Dead posh fella. If we, if we beat him, he said, you're not going to beat us. And I said, well, if I do, though, can I come on set with me Liverpool top, yeah? 
Anyway, we beat Jimmy and I walked in about half ten. After about, oh Neil, fuck off now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but we but that night uh, that this is another weird one. That night I'd said to the director, look, please, I need to get back. I was staying in my mate's flat in in Chiswick and he was Nevertonian, so I've got to get back before the kickoff. So he said, yeah, he let me go. And he had a car picking me up, and it was it was loads of heavy traffic and thought I'm not going to make the kickoff here. My mate phoned me up from Liverpool. And I was all like busy traffic everywhere. And we made me, where are you now? I said, I don't know, mate. I looked and he'd stopped at a junction called Emlyn Drive. Oh, and yeah. I went, wow. you're not going to fucking believe this. We're in a place called Emlyn. I went, it's an omen, it's an omen. <laughs> <laughs> but because my mate, my mate was pissing himself, laughing three nil down, getting our kecks pulled down in public. And then he went, I'm going to buy some beer. So he was going, because he was loving it. He was fucking having a party, wasn't yeah. he? And he was pointing at me all night laughing. <laughs> And he went out to get ale and never came back. Oh. <laughs> he, he went past the booze and we were three all. He went, I phoned him and said, you shit bag, where are you? I said, look, come back. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I mean, I, and I've done a play about it. I played Rafa at half time. I've done a film. I did a film called Will with Dalgleish in it. And I've done it. And we actually, we actually shot it in the Atatürk. Oh, so, so, and it was all done up for like the final. And uh, we weren't allowed on the pitch. And at one day, I just said to the lad, let's just walk on the pitch. And we got on the pitch, and, and you don't realise how far away that Heather was. Yeah, yeah. And Schmeiss's goal, I mean, it was miles away. Mm. So about five nights, in, five days in, I've said to this lad, I'm going to get a KC, right? I'm going to wait at the thing, and, and when when the, cause the security guards, you weren't allowed on the pitch. I said, no, I'm going to f- bomb on, and you go and go, <laughs> and I want to take a pen at the end that we scored the pen. <laughs> So anyway, we're looking round about six days in, and I went, go now, go. So we ran across, and we are about 50 yards on, and we heard, hey, you get off, you idiot. <laughs> so just carry on, carry on. <laughs> so he runs to the goal, and all the nets were up and everything. And I put the ball down, he went a goal, and I smashed it about 20 foot over the bar. <laughs> <laughs> and even the security guard started laughing, didn't even bother. I went, oh, no. Oh, that's brilliant. You yeah. were there for that Teddy, weren't you? Was, and I mean, you, you were saying before, you know, like emotionally, you were drained after the FA Cup final. I, oh, after that, that I could not that. even couldn't even move and we got a coach and we, but we stuck I mean around it was just a waste ground anyway yeah. but our coach we were just we weren't going anywhere everyone was zonked everyone was done in because you've been that low and then that high that you had nothing left we didn't go out after you think you know you just won the European Cup you're going no, on the air it's, stunned. it's like stunned anything. silence isn't it yeah it was mm. it was it, it was an amazing final but it, it, at the time you know what I mean particularly like that, after that first half that half time point it was it, it was grim you know, really grim on oh, them. It was a football lesson, money. No, oh, it was it, it was horrible, but um, but yeah. Did it, you see people leaving around you, like? No, I, I, do you know after time I don't believe the story. Of people saying they were getting off because there was literally nothing. It was like being on the yeah. moon, mate, with the ground yeah. in the middle of the moon. You know, there was yeah. nothing around it. So where was anyone going? Because it was like it was like picking up a ground and just dropping it. I in can the see some. I can see some just going. Some of the old, some of the old standing outside. Would have gone and this. Yeah, but like I mean, because that third goal, Crespo just lifted that up like it was. No. It was yeah, a football. It it As was. Andy Gray said, "Game well and truly over." over. <laughs> yeah. No, I know. And it, it, it was extraordinary, and you know, it was just a privilege to, to be there. But just never forget, Igor Bishkan's got Igor Dishpan has got a fucking Champions League. Jimmy Tiori, yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 But that just shows you. I mean, and it's funny with Rafa because I can remember some of the worst games of football I've ever seen under Rafa. Just because yeah. he was so tactically astute, yeah. he would squeeze the life out of a game mm. to get a result. Mm. And I can remember being at some poor ones. But when you think of the players we had, yeah. at a time when our signing policy was crap, yeah. Xabi Alonso, Mascherano, 
Well, we're talking about class strikers that we've had through the we have Milan Barros up front, you know. Yeah. And I, no, he was all right, don't get me wrong, I'm not, not slating him on, but he's not of the caliber of the sort of strikers that would you know, Neil Mellor playing in that, that Champions League run as yeah. well. He scored a goal, cinema the pong league. goal, yeah. yeah. They, yeah. Scored they, scored. they scored, they scored, yeah. no, but you're trying to say like the, the amount of the uh, some the of the quality, greater, but yeah, the quality, the quality you managed to get over had. the line in that, just the quality, and obviously, the, the, the obviously the respect that they've got for Rafa Benitez and yeah. how he can pick a player as well, mm. you know yeah. what I mean, is yeah. Is mm. extraordinary. I just hope he forgets how to do it when we play them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the main reasons Rafa did leave Liverpool was his relationship with the um, F, um, the Yanks, Hicks and Gillette. How bad a time was that, Hicks and Gillette? Were you worried because it was there was court dates and everything, wasn't it? There, with the banks we were, were, we were, we were three weeks away from administration. Yeah, uh, that's how bad it was because I've had that officially told told to me. Mm. Uh, yeah, terrible. They were just a pair of chances, weren't they? Mm. They turned up. They were. I always remember that thing on Sky where they had loads of dollars and, and euros hanging out the pockets. Do you ever remember that? It was obscene. That was Athens, wasn't it? We're going to spend all but our dough. Was that in Athens, the, the Champions League final? They walked through the fans with all this dough. That's pretense that is what we're yeah, doing. Well, do you know what? I, I did, because I so I voiced the uh, the Sky documentary about Steven Gerrard a year in the life, and it was massively successful. So the company that made it flew me out to 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 um, to the final. And um, I was staying in the same hotel as Hicks and Gillette. But my mate was my mate had gone over as well, and I wanted to be with all the lads. I was no, we were just in the mountains in the middle of nowhere, mm. so I'd keep phoning up my mate, go where are you? And he's just there. <laughs> 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 and I was like, I'm at a seafood restaurant. <laughs> Stared at this fucking octopus. Octopus is my only friend. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but um, after the final, Hicks and Gillette had just been talking to 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 this fella I knew from Sky, and the Sky the fella came over to me. He said, I've got some good news and some bad news for you. And I said, Well, what's the good news? And he said, The good news is. Gillette or Hicks, one of the two had just said that after that final they can see that, that they need to strengthen the investments and put more put more money in. And I went, all right, so what's the bad news? And he said, the bad news is that they think that the, the one of those Malangos was definitely a handoff. Oh. And I went, you mean a handball? And he went, exactly. Oh. Yeah. He owned your club and walked away. Mm. But that's when they, when they, they you know, the other case when they'd speak when they'd speak publicly it was all about franchise and all that sort yeah, of nonsense it was like it. Oh, I mean it was, it was it was it was it was and it was there, was there was there wasn't a spade put in the deck there was none no. of that it was all nonsense no. and they were claiming all kinds of dollars travelling expenses and it yeah. was it, it was it got bad I mean Rafa God God love him he's doing he's got, he's got the same thing happening now with Mike Ashley yeah. I mean he's he's a great manager who who, who, who can do wonders for the club if they mm. just give him a bit of money to spend imagine what he'd be like with money yeah look what he done at Chelsea Chelsea were in the in the toilet weren't they he went and won the Europa, Europa League and then yeah. just got off yeah like it was simple yeah mm. yeah it is he's, he's a he's a great manager he really is and uh and he did when you think about the fact that he he, he won as a champions league i mean that's that's six and and then we very nearly won another one yeah uh, and he took points off city this year yeah yeah he did yeah yeah it's just we, as we lost the one we, sh- we should have won and won the one we should have lost. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah that, that yeah. time frame we've gone through there is probably about 10 years Throughout yeah. that ten years, you were in Peep Show as, as Jeff. Yeah. How did yeah. that come about? Go to Peep Show. That came about. Uh, I just got a phone call again. I think because Phoenix Knights was, was was doing really well, and Peep Show was such a new idea and concept. They wanted some people in it who were established. Mm. So um, I read for Super Hands. It was another character in it, but thankfully he didn't get that. And then because <laughs> because Matt King was amazing doing yeah. that. Um, and then they said, "Oh, there's this, there's this fellow called Jeff who's like a, it's like his nemesis a little bit. You know what I mean?" So I think it really worked well with the accents and stuff because cause, cause Dave Mitchell's obviously very, very, very southern. Yeah. And it was quite a southern show. I think they liked the idea of, of this scouser sort of undercutting them all the time. and So that's how that started, really, with, with of course, Olivia Coleman. Yeah. Whatever happened to her. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, did it enjoy being a part, part of Peep's show? I mean, yeah, I did. It, was, it, was, it, was, it wasn't my best of jobs, I've got to be honest with you, because it was... Um, 
I used to just travel down there, do it and come back. And it was the first couple of years were all right. After about series five or six, it got a bit tedious because I felt like they were underusing them. I'd just turn up yeah. to little bits and then go and or do one. Once, I think a couple of series, I just did one scene. Mm. But I was just sticking my middle finger up and then leaving. <laughs> and I was like, and it was only really through because I'm quite a loyal person that I stayed. Otherwise, I'd just said, ah, Jimmy. But then I, I thought I wanted to be in it from series start to series end. So at least I can always say that, you know what I mean? Mm. So, But it was an enjoyable job in, in some respects. But not, I mean, not nowhere near the likes of, of Phoenix Nights where everyone yeah. was just bantering all day with yeah. each other. You recognise more as Jeff now, so that's more current, or is it still like Rave On? Bit of both, really, to be honest with you. It, it all depends on, it all depends. A lot of students... A lot of students. I mean, I was I was in a I was in a a shopping mall in Florida, but way out in Florida. It was like a um, it was like a load of Hispanic community. Florida. Yeah. Somebody give me this. I thought it was a really cheap mall. It was a fucking nightmare. It was in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to a t-shirt shop and was buying a t-shirt, and the fellow went, "You Jeff had a peep show?" And I went, "Wow, that's a bit bonkers." Because that's gone in the states and everywhere. That you know, what I mean, yeah. that went huge, yeah. Jeff. But I, I mean, I, I, I think I think it, it all depends. Students of a certain age, I mean, students just, et, you know, they eat they eat pot noodle and watch Peep Show. That yeah, was it yeah. for four years. So yeah. he's huge with the students and that. But 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 equally, like I think different generations really like them. You said there one of the best moments of your life was Istanbul, two thousand and five. One of the best moments of my life was on the internet one day in two thousand fourteen. Phoenix Nights Live is is coming to the MEN. Originally going to be one night or two nights, was it? Then it, it sold out. Yeah. You said yeah. there you and Peter sort of fell out of Phoenix Nights. How did you get back on track and the idea to make Phoenix Nights live? He was um he hadn't been too well and he got over it and he phoned up and he said I, I want to do something for charity and I was driving to Manchester at the time to to do Mount Pleasant. I did a show for, yeah. for seven years called Mount Pleasant. And he said, look, I've just had this idea and I want to get everyone together. But if you don't want to do it, if one person doesn't want to do it, I'm not going to do it. And I said, well, come on. We've always had that. Look, if you've picked up the phone tomorrow or I picked up the phone or whatever, we'd speak to each other. Yeah. It's fine. It's not what it used to be, but yeah. it's all right. It's civil. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and he said, uh, I, I want to do Phoenix Nights Live. And I went, mm, all right. But he wanted to do it all for charity. Uh, and he wanted to do, I think it was, first of all, it was about six or seven nights, maybe. Yeah. But then I'd agreed to it, and David agreed, and once all the cast had agreed to it, no, it, it, they looked at doing it more. I think he wanted to. He went out to break the world record for, uh, for for a single kind of contribution, yeah, which it did. Yeah. It was five and a half, six million quid or something. Um, so then we we went up and we started rehearsing it, and, and it was weird because right up until the first night, I thought this is gonna die in its ass. Mm-hmm. Couldn't sleep. Saying to me, Mrs. This is gonna die in its ass. And it's going to ruin everything. It's mm. going to ruin all what people thought it was going to be. Mm. And she said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I'd like it to have been a big episode, but then obviously looking back now, it couldn't have been really. So I had my, but but the problem was we couldn't rehearse it till the f- we rehearsed it, but it was all like top and tail. Yeah, you bit there, you bit there. Yeah. So we didn't know what the show was going to be like. Yeah. And I think it was just my thing of like, if I did a gig tomorrow, I wouldn't think anyone would turn up. That's the way I am. I've got no self-confidence like that. It's It's... It's just in me. I just think, nah, no one's going to turn up. So I thought, what are they going to turn up? And they were, what if they start booing? All kinds of mad stuff. <laughs> and then it, we were looking through the curtains as it filled up, and it was just, I mean, I've got footage on my phone here of mm. how many people were there. It was fucking 12,500 a night. It was bonkers. It was like, like a footy match. Mm. I was in a concourse yeah. before it started, and people were singing Amarillo and all that. Like the pints. Yeah, it was, yeah, like, it was crazy. Amazing. Well, what happened was, there was, so me and Paddy 
and um, Steve Edge and Toby Foster. We were we were lurking because we were more or less the first ones on. Pete was on first. He was he was getting hoisted into his chair at the top. And then they started playing little segments in, and you just heard the crowd go no. And, yeah. I, and that was when I went, oh, this is going to work, this, because they just had forgotten <laughs> that they just bonkers falling. Yeah. And then they just went, do, 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 and I just went. It was like a footy match in the crowd. Yeah, crowds, it was. And, it was, and then it became a special. And we changed it a lot. You know, Ted, Ted Robbins selfishly almost died and ruined it for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ted had that terrible first night. And, and, and we sort of had to sort of, because we were running on the hop, things that worked were great, but things that didn't work. We had to kind of rewrite little stuff and go, let's try putting that in there. Right. But it, I think, you know, but I don't think anyone really didn't enjoy it. I think it was good fun. And I and yeah. I come out the second half and just ripped the arse out of it. So I loved it, you know what I mean? Uh, that set was great, bouncing around with all the pipes going off. And, and the whole yeah. arena was just going mad. Just yeah. brilliant, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'd love to do them again, like, I'd love them. You yeah. know the way you have some, like, concerns going into a, a thing like that? Once the action starts, do you still have any anxiety, or does it all just go and you're really full of confidence? Then I, th- I think it's always. Th- I think that's thing. It's that thing that's never left me. Where until I get the first laugh, if it's a comedy thing, yeah. If it's a, if it's, a, if it's straight, uh, yeah. it doesn't matter because you're not relying on it. Yeah. But I'm a stand-up comic, and I think you you live by that fear of your first laugh. Yeah. Um, and if you don't get your first laugh, then you're backpedaling, backpedaling, backpedaling. Mm. It's an admirable thing to do, isn't it, com- uh, comedy? Because you're putting yourself in such a vulnerable spot. Yeah. I mean, you know, anyone who does that. You know, hats off to the them. problem is with stand-up is you can't rehearse it. This is mm. the problem. So if you're a singer, you can get a church all somewhere on your own on a Sunday afternoon and belt out a few tunes into mm. it. If you're an impressionist, you can... If you tell a joke on stage, you can only tell it on stage because you tell it to three people in the corridor, that yeah, doesn't tell you it's going to work. Yeah, yeah. So Have you ever flopped on stage? Well, oh, back in the word, day, man. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah. loads, yeah. yeah. I think what it is is I, 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 I toured with a guy called Rich Halls, American comic, quite a famous American comic. And he was just American comics are unbelievable. You watch them and they're just just mm. easy. So I said to him once, What what do you think is the is the key? And he said, he said something I'll never forget. He said, The success of comedy really is all about you letting the audience know that you don't give a shit whether they laugh or not. <laughs> and and uh, and I've never forgotten what he said by that. Because what that means is so now if I go on stage and I tell a joke and it doesn't work, I'll get a joke out of it not working. Mm. I'll go. I was shit, wasn't I? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I'll write, you know, never fucking do that joke again. <laughs> I've just retired that joke, that joke. And I'll, and I'll get laughs off the back of it. Whereas back in the day, I'd go, oh shit, what have I got to do? And an audience smells it like from shark yeah, smells yeah. blood. I mean, an audience can sit there and if someone's slightly swallowing or slightly, it, it's awful. And it just transmits across the room. And then they've, whoever that person is, he or she, she's got a harder job. That happened last week on him, Britain's Got Talent. He's my mate. And you know really? what? He's, do you know what? He's one of the funniest acts you'll ever see. I, I toured with Steve Best for years. He's brilliant. Yeah. And, he, and his first gag didn't go. And what happens is part of his act is he's dead nervous and he goes, oh, oh, oh. And, and it, it didn't happen. And mm. oh, I was what I tweeted. I put, this is killing me because he's one of my best mates. Or yeah. he's not one of my best mates, but he's, he's someone I've worked with a lot. Yeah. He's a lovely guy and he's a brilliant actor. And he was just destroyed. And the way he did as well. I'm very cynical. I tell you, I hate, I hate the business of television because they can... Make you. They always get the last edit. Yeah. They yeah. always get the last words. He shot never the crowd do. just staring. Didn't shot he? the crowd yeah. staring. Well, even worse. That might not have even been him. Yeah. I've done comedy shows where I've ripped it, and someone's come on after me, died on their ass. And when I put it, when I've watched it on telly, 
They'd yeah. give all my laughs to him. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what That's I mean? And so it? they can just do whatever they want. They are, it, television is the most manipulative thing in the world. That's why somebody says to me, oh, they're thinking of doing this document. I go, don't go near them because they'll absolutely slaughter you. And they slaughtered that lad. And it obviously he died in his ass, and he got nervous, yeah. which he's been doing it for years, Steve, but he got nervous and his nerves transmitted, like I've just said. And, yeah. and everyone just, but then they've got two hour ones going, isn't it terrible when, you, when they're not funny? As if they're mic'd up. As if, oh yeah. no, they're all, they're all they're, they have to audition for that. Yeah, yeah. That's how phony yeah, that show yeah, is. They audition to be two people in the audience going, yeah. who is that there? <laughs> so it's, it's, I felt for that stage so much, you know, it was awful. My wife said that, she felt so bad for him, yeah. And I've watched comics on there who are absolutely crap. Yeah. La- and it cuts to people going, ah, laughing their heads off. Yeah. And, and the people watching it, 90% of people in the audience at home go, well, he must be funny, or she must be funny, because they've all laughed. They're not laughing at them. Yeah. It's just all stuck together, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. When, when yeah. I was looking at your, your acting career and doing a little bit of research, uh, one strange one stuck out Hank Sipser, like a, a children's. A children's show. Yeah, That's a bit, a bit f- different from going off big time. Yeah, not night, half. <laughs> well, I did that for three years, but uh, but you, this this guy won't. You won't know this guy because you're too young. But I, I was. It was with Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Okay. So I grew up with the Fonz. Like the Fonz yeah. was like the coolest thing on telly. <laughs> so he's in it. And so so. So what happened was my agent phoned me up and said, "Hank Zipset," and um, and, I, and my dad had just passed away to be honest with you, and I, and I needed something to to get my mind off things, and yeah. and uh, I auditioned for it, and it was but the. Uh, I hate kids telly because it's usually crap. But what they've started doing now is they started writing adult scripts because kids want to be adults. And, and mm. when you get a kid's show wrong, it's because you're treating them like kids. They don't do that. Mm. So this was actually they were actually really funny scripts. I had a ball. I did it for three years. I finished. Well, I walked into makeup one day. My twelve-year-old son was having a shave in the sink. And I went, "This is over. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, this is gone." And I went, "All right, Daddy." Went, "All right, yes, out of it. Ah, this is fucking finished." <laughs> now we kill him off and fucking put another twelve-year-old in his place. <laughs> so I did that for three and a half years. In the Christmas special, it was great fun, know me. Was it tough being a part of a uh, little boy blue? That yeah, was, yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a strange one. Again, that was more of a favour, really. And um, but I had about five scenes cut out because they were just horrific. Yeah. Because I was. Playing the uncle, so I was there when 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 the kid playing. Um, uh, it was in the hospital, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, when he ran out, yeah, uh, out, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just the blood everywhere, and it was yeah. just really, really graphic. And the kid playing Reese Jones, how the kid got through it without counselling. There was a lot of counsellors on set, and it was really uh, heavy. It was a heavy job. And Sinead, who played who played the lead, whoa, she. I think she yeah, had to get a bit. Of, I think she had to get a bit of. Bit of counselling. I thought Stephen was brilliant. Stevie Graham was amazing yeah. in it as well. Yeah, he was absolutely. I did a film with him just after that, and uh, we were, and I'd watched it in the hotel the night before, and uh, and we were talking about it because he's a great, he's a he's a tremendous actor. That kid, Stephen. Were you surprised that 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 show was being being filmed? I remember being at Goodison, and he, he had the actors on. Yeah. That done the, the sort of reenacted the minute of pause. I said to me, mate, I'll go to the match with that. I said, it's, this is wrong. And on the screens, they said the parents are actually part of this and yeah. have asked for you to do it. Were you surprised that that was a show or? I don't know because you can't, you've got to put yourself in the position of the parents, haven't you? And, yeah. and, and I think maybe there's, maybe they get to a situation where they think he's, Reese has been forgotten about him. And, and, mm-hmm. and if it's handled in the right way, we want people to understand yeah. the, uh, how it is. And especially now, really think about it. You think about a knife crime and the people getting kids, it's just getting worse. And I think maybe if you show something that, that is that hard hitting. Um, it brings an awareness to it, doesn't it? I think it, yeah? it brings yeah. an awareness and, it, and it, it puts it at its basis point, which is two people losing a child for no reason at all. And that's mm. happening so much now. And I know when they were first shooting it, there was a lot of crap happening because people didn't think that, people thought that 
it was just some cynical attack on. Yeah. So I think they had to come out and publicly say, no, you know, the parents are very much involved in this. And that way, and then it eased off, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you, you mm. deserve massive credit for being part of that. It was, it was tough to watch. Yeah, it was, a tough, sure it, it was yeah, tough, tough to be It, it was part tough of, yeah. to do that speech because it was his, Well, I said to them, I don't, I, I'll write it out. I said, I said, write, I'll write it out in pen, but I don't want to learn it. Because um, I get that, because I had to do it about eight times back to back, yeah. and, and 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 you've got to keep it in reserve all the time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But no, tough, tough, tough job, don't we? We're talking about your acting career there, and you're a writer and an actor. Is the one you prefer? Do you prefer writing or do you prefer acting? Acting all the time. I always say I'd, I'd act for nothing. You have to pay me to write. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I love writing. I, I love it, but pff, I, I get easily distracted. I remember I was writing an episode of Benidorm once. We got a caravan in Wales, and I was writing an episode of Benidorm, and I was. I found myself in the bathroom shampooing my eyebrows. <laughs> Just rubbing shampoo in my eyebrows like that. <laughs> and I thought, I don't really want to write this today, do I? It's just bonkers. You'll just rearrange your pencil case about 40 times. <laughs> I love acting. I've just done a bit with Idris Elba there on his new thing for Sky. Really, yeah. And yeah, he's cool. He's one cool guy, him, like. Really sweet fella as well. He's an Arsenal fan, isn't he? He's an Arsenal yeah. fan, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he's just such a lovely guy. But I love that. I love the... Um, I love the I love the uh, the excitement of, of 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 sparring with someone on a on a set. You know what I mean? I love doing all that and having a little go with them and that. It's like though, be you know you're a writer and you get given a script and if it's if it's rubbish, you're like, Ugh. yeah, there's loads of them about yeah. like yeah, yeah, tons of it. I stuff that gets on telly and I watch it and I go, what the fuck? Analyzing mm. and criticizing. Mm. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a terrible for that. Like yeah. I sit there, I'll sit in the middle of a really moving scene, me missing. I'll go, I've just seen the boom mic there in the middle, and she's going, what are you shut up? I'm just. <laughs> but, yeah, because I can tell, you know, after halfway through a who done it, I know who's done Nobody it. Yeah. Yeah. They'll drop, drop a little bit of information earlier on. I'll say, well, that's 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 going to come back after, and she'll go, why have you just ruined it again for me? <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's uh, it's tricky because there is a lot of crap out there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Why was it never a stand up talk? It's in '96 you won the Echo Stands Up Award, didn't you? Comedian of the Year, was it? Yeah. As Neil Anthony, was it? Yeah, because what happened was there was someone in in Equity called Neil Fitzmorris at the time, and you can't have the same name. Okay. Um, but they were M O double R I S and I'm M O M A U R I C, but you can't have another name for so. What happened was it, the night I was filling out my equity forms, there was three Tonys in the room. My dad was called Tony, my brother's called Tony, and there was two Tonys in the room. And I went, well, Anthony. But then, after a few years, I realised that maybe sound like a ladies' hairstylist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they have like Keith Paul, take two names, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I, when I found out then that I could put, go back to my normal name, I, I was made up to go back to that. Like. Was never an idea of doing a, a national tour? Stand up, yeah. No, because I never told anyone to buy a ticket. I honestly don't have that confidence. I don't. I don't. That's probably why I like being on a set because I haven't got a. I don't know. I just think that people will go fucking what. <laughs> I've seen you at the slaughterhouse, honestly. Yeah, I as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes the night. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Appreciate that, mate. No, I know. I just don't think that. I, I don't know. It's just that weird thing of like. I've never really been. I think you'd have to be a bit of a certain character to be able to do it, and uh, and uh, I don't know. You never know. I'd love to. I'd love to go on stage and do like an, an hour set, an hour and a bit. Do you know what I mean? And I just get you, it all I off my chest. Fitzmaurice Christmas weekend at the yeah. Arena. I reckon that's sell. You know. Tell you what, I'd, I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> just me on me Jack <laughs> with all the sweets at the B and M. Well, I mean, when when you're doing like shows, like you know, you say there, you love the acting you do for nothing. Theatre or, or like sort of sets, what's better? You know, like li- live sort of theatre or, or what's the one that you sort of enjoyed the most? I, I, I don't dislike live theatre, but I find it, I, I love the immediacy of of of, of, a, of a set. And, mm. and, a, and a, you know, if you walk on a film set and it's everything's there and you can just immerse yourself. Whereas um, 
theatre. I, I love theatre, but it has to be a really good piece of theatre mm. to get me excited. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't really, don't really get excited. The last play I did was was the Istanbul one. It was um, was that one, Nicky one, one night in Istanbul? Yeah, yeah Nicky Olton, Dave. Um, which was great fun because it was just it was just me fucking being a red. Yeah. I loved it. Loved every second of that. Like we took it to Ireland as well. Yeah. But um, as far as going on stage and doing like a fucking Chekhov or something heavy as shit mm. like that. Mm. I just no. know when I'm a bit older yeah, I think but not yet I'd rather just have a laugh doing something or just go on a set and really I'd do it I'd do a TV version of it but it's a bit too much at the moment for me mm. like, I think mm. too much hard work no, too lazy we're mindful of the time we really appreciate the time you've given us so far uh, we won't keep you too much longer we'll go back to current Liverpool football club we touched on it before big fan of Jürgen Klopp and what he's doing Liverpool we're recording now end of April we're not too sure how the, how the, yeah. the season's going to end but <coughs> Liverpool aren't far away at all are they no, and 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 that's that's what I'm consoling myself with anyway. Even if whatever happens at the end of the season, I just they're a joy to watch. I just love watching them. I love the excitement of them. I love the work rate of them. Um, you know, people are saying, "Oh, we've 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 nicked games in the last second, and we've done this in the last second. But that that tells me that we're at we're at the right end of the pitch at the last second, and that tells me that we don't. We're a team now that doesn't. I you know, I, I went through years watching Liverpool where we'd go one up, and I go. Yeah, I don't fancy this. Don't fancy yeah, we this. We need another we one. We need or another, another one. Two. I mean, under Klopp last year, we needed three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally needed three or four to be assu- to be assured. A couple of times this season it might have happened, but the, the Palace game, they, they almost we were f- they always said that, but we were four one up. But I just think there's a stability there. I just enjoy watching them so much more now. I just think, and we haven't really, in in respect of Salah, never really fired the way. The way he did last season, no, it's still no. been exceptional. I think I think the Southampton game was his coming to life a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Mm. The Chelsea goal sort of sort of made a point to that. I think his his, his confidence is coming back. But I just love watching us now. There's that feeling of 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 superiority over teams, not in an arrogant way, in a hard working way. Mm. Uh, and I think City aside, you know, we're the only ones who've who've who've, who've given who've given a given them a good go, and, and long may continue. I think Klopp is such a clever man, such a great. Uh, if there's any floor, floor at all, it might be there in the big games this season. He has he has relied on what he thought would be stability rather than attack and flair. And I think maybe there's been a few couple of occasions this season where um, you could say that against the Man City game at the Etihad, but then we were 11 millimeters away from yeah. go taking the lead, which the could derby have changed and Man U, isn't it? the they're derby they're as well. Seen. I think there's been a couple of little games there where. I've seen the lineup and gone. Oh, you're after a draw, or you're just trying to sneak something. Whereas it wasn't really the way we played. But listen, I'm nitpicking. I love him, and, I, and long may he continue. It's like for me, that's about stages of evolution. It's like if we win the league this season, then he, he was right. Yeah. In all those yeah. games, but it's like, as I said, oh, the midfield's solid. But next season we can start to well, can we be more adventurous from midfield yeah. and that? But. I don't want to see us suddenly trying to do it now. It it makes the players second guess. Well, does he know what he's doing? Yeah. Has he got a plan? Why are we tearing the script up now? And like Cop said, actually in an interview when he got pressed on that, this is not our last title challenge. It's our first. Yeah, so absolutely. Everyone calm down. I mean, I was thinking about the other day, and it sounds ridiculous, but it's the mind of a football fan. I was thinking, if we win the league this year, they might want to get off some of them players because mm. they've done it. So I don't, in a way, you think, I want to keep that stupid, isn't it? But you're, you're trying to find consolation in anything. And I'm thinking, don't win it this time then, and then, yeah. then, then we'll keep them for another year because I just love the balance. It's getting to the point now where we're talking about new players, and I'm thinking, where are we putting them? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't want anyone getting upset. No, I know, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you a scenario then, and for, for the listeners, we've, at City have just beat United. 
which what we were all kind of hoping for. So if I could guarantee you the Champions League, would you take second? Or you still got, would you take that now? Guaranteed success or no, let's see what happens. No, let's see what happens, I think. Yeah. I think let's see what happens. I think there's something always been very magical about Liverpool in Europe and I don't, I don't yeah. worry that much. If anything, that's more attainable than the league. Yeah, definitely. And has been, obviously, because we've done it yeah. six times or we've done yeah. it certainly recently. Yeah. Uh, well, 10 years ago. 15 years ago? 15 years uh, ago. 15 years ago. 2005, man. Boy, that flies, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. But we've done it more recently than the league. I just think that, uh, no, I, I think let's leave it to the fates and, mm. you know, let's see what happens. I'd rather not take nothing for nothing. I mean, mm. I, I, I'm enjoying the ride in the Champions League, but mm. I think this league ride has been in, uh, incredible. Well, yeah. that, that's the one thing I've never seen us win. Yeah. I've born in 90. There's a whole well, generation who yeah, haven't. That's it. it. I've seen us win everything else. And you are probably in a similar boat because 90. that's what I mean, because you are only five years on me. So, to, to see us win that, I think it'd be yeah. even bigger than Istanbul, wouldn't it? Do you want to swap, Gary? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that one. <laughs> FA Cup. Yeah, I've seen FA Cup. That's it, yeah. 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 It's mad, isn't it? You look back to like in the 80s, talking the 80s, the success of Everton and Liverpool to look 20 years, 30 years down the line and, and Liverpool are looking for their first league title in what, 25 years? Everton have won a trophy in 25 oh, years. Yeah. But would you, would but you ever believe that if someone told you that? No, you wouldn't. At the time, you would never have believed that. But then looking back at it now, again, it's the investment thing. Yeah. It, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to work out how these teams have done it. They've done it by investing. Man City have come from nowhere, but they've invested £1.3 billion in that Chelsea team. as well, they were nothing. Chelsea? Yeah. I th- I they were nothing. Th- the, only, the only team you could say that sort of, you, you'd argue, didn't, didn't sort of do it that way. It was well, you could argue United when he got blessed with that crop of kids yeah, that all came yeah. through was just luck, weren't it? Yeah. And I think Wenger sort of built a side. You know, yeah. he was quite astute. But other than that, you know, as you say, Blackburn, Chelsea, City, all purchased it. You know they've all, but they've all, uh, they've all had massive signs, and we've we've only really just joined them in the massive signing field, really, yeah, haven't yeah. we? So yeah. and Everton haven't, and that's yeah. the thing. I mean, Richardson. Proving it, you know, if, if the kid could stay on his feet for more than 20 seconds, every, yeah. every, time, I to, every time I walk past the telly and bump it, he falls <laughs> over. But, <laughs> but, he's, just, but he's, he's, a stra- he's, a, he's a good he player. He won't be there long. I, I say to these laughing all the time, Everton are the only club who can get a billionaire owner wrong. Uh. We've waited for, for, for years and for a decade to get the billionaire owner and I say, we'll do a city. And you sign Sandro it's and you sign Ashley Williams. It's incredible, isn't it? It's incredible because, <laughs> I mean, it's, I think it's every, every Red's nightmare. Hmm. But also the, the sort of quiet thing of like, if Everton was a sleeping giant, yeah. it's Everton. Because first and foremost, you've done it before. Mm. You know, you've got a massive crop of fans. You've got a really strong hub of fans who are passionate, who, who love the club. Who yeah. love. And 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 now, when you look at Man City, Man City got this because their club cost them a quid. Yeah. Because the council sold the ground off. Yeah, that, yeah. That's what that's what this fortune changed with. Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. I remember two thousand and five. We, we finished same season. You won the Champions League. Everton finished fourth. My heart fell God rest his soul. I went in, I was pissed. I've been out celebrating about 10 o'clock after the match. He went, where have you been? I said, I've been out celebrating. He went, celebrating what? And I said, we've we'll just finished fourth. And he went, and? Mm-hmm. I, I said, we'll, we'll, we'll Champions League next season. Like, and he went, oh, lads. He said, I've seen us being league titles down Queen's Drive. Shouldn't be celebrating fourth. It's funny, isn't it? It's like the mentality of like... But I, but I can understand the man not as well because I don't understand where he's coming from, but you yeah. have to accept the... For you, that was a massive thing, wasn't it? Yeah. For, for you, and, and I think that's the thing. I think it's like people now saying, you know, if we don't win the league, and then people going, I'm honestly saying, if we don't win this league, I'll be, I will be a bit gutted, but it ain't the most important thing for me. Whereas there will be people going, why you nutcase? Yeah. But I saw it back in the day, but that doesn't really matter. I'm, I'm more, conv- I'm more enjoying the moments. Mm. You know, the direction of travel, I suppose. 
Mm. Absolutely. We've got two more questions, and, and then we'll, we'll let you go. We know we're, pres- we're really appreciative of your time. Um, it is a Liverpool show, but there's probably some aspiring writers and actors listening as well. Have you got any advice for someone who's trying to get into to writing material or acting? Well, people say to me all the time, I can't, I, I, how do you write? And I say, well, have you, have you got a pen? <laughs> Honestly, everyone, every one of us here around this table can tell a story. Yeah. Every one of us can no doubt chuck a bevy on the story, which is what you normally do. <laughs> so by the time you've told the story five times, the fellas, there was, there was four fellas became 12 fellas. <laughs> and all writing is embellishing fiction or embellishing fact. That's all writing is. And um, everyone has the ability to do it. That's the beauty of writing. And it's just about putting your thoughts down on paper when it comes to the practicalities of trying to get written stuff looked at that's when it becomes difficult yeah. I, f- I I can find it very difficult to get any work done now and I've got two British Comedy Awards BAFTA nomination and yeah. God knows what else it's still hard because st- because situations change and, and the format changes and the, mm. the times change but if if anyone's out there who wants to write I am a walking example of, of someone who who's got a certain way in his life with no, with no experience whatsoever. I, uh, no one taught me how to write a feature film script. I just, I just did it. Mm-hmm. So if I can do it, everyone can do it. I mean, uh, that, you know, I've gone around schools in the past and I've said, look, if you, if you, if you take anything from today, look at me, and if I can do it, you can certainly do it. Because I was just a kid growing up in Anfield with no, no agent, no, no one in my family had ever done it before. So. Really speaking, Matt, the only experience I bring to the table, the only advice I bring is if I can do it, you can do it, trust me. If you've got a story, this is what I did. I went upstairs, the back bedroom, I stopped moaning to me missus and I wrote it. And that's what that, that would be my advice. If you're an actor and a writer, you need to have a thick skin mm. because you're going to get told no way more than you're going to get told yeah. But I've always, been a, I've always been the kind of person who, if you shut the door in my face, I'll smash a window to get in. I will prove you wrong time and time again. Some people don't. Some people take it on the chin and walk away. I've never known. I've always wanted to. No one ever gave me a tap. And I've, and I've always, you know, I remember that when we did going up Big Town, we had a meeting with, a, with a, this guy from down south about funding. And he was taught, he was, and he said, can I give you a tip? And I went, well, he said, can I give you a tip about writing? And he went, yeah. And he went, don't ever, if you're talking about selling a film, don't ever put somebody's name or death in the title of your film. And I went home and wrote Charlie Nodes R.I.P. <laughs> 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 because he ain't fucking telling me what to do. Yeah, yeah. fair. So I, I, it's, it, it's all about being thick-skinned, I think. And, and, and you're going to get knocked, especially if you're in Liverpool, because you need an agent down south straight away. You're going you're gonna to struggle. Mm. But it's just about being single-minded. You have to be single-minded. You have to be determined. I'm that weird paradox, though, because I'm determined in that way, but then don't really have the confidence. It's a weird one, but... But my main, my main point would be if you think you can write, of course you can write. Sit down and write something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Sit down and write something. Get in touch with me on Twitter and I'll read it. Happy days. Well, what's your t- Twitter handle? I'm not telling you. <laughs> <laughs> At Fitty Fella. Fitty Fella with a, with, with a Z, yeah. Um, and finally, Liverpool. Liverpool so it's a Liverpool show, if you will. Our listeners know what Liverpool means to Gary, Phil and Terry. Mm. What does Liverpool mean to you? The club. Club. Liverpool Football Club. Everything. I mean... My missus is funny because she just... I mean, I've got my kids now sort of watching the match with me and that, even that. Just watching them, watching these these moments of just just pure heaven, you know. It mean, what it means to me is running up them steps and seeing that patch of green. Mm. 
and seeing seeing the the camaraderie and the lads laughing and having a bevy and it's just so much a part of my life that um I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't be without it. It's just an incredible my missus I mean missus famously said to me once, I said, I'm going to match stuff and she went, Again, you played last week. <laughs> the most wonderful not getting football I've ever known in my life. But um, Christmas is great. You don't get that at all, do no. you? That's that great. You know that great style. I'll leave you on this great story. It's a, it's an urban myth, I think, but it's a, it's a great story. So we, whatever you set it, but it's set in Anfield. This particular story, and it's the start of the season, and it's chock a block, and the kick off. But there's one seat, no one's in the seat, and they're like, Canelli wasn't. Who's missed the game? Week after week after week after week, no one's in this seat. It becomes a bit of a thing between like the twenty or thirty in the vicinity. Where's the fucking anyway? Boxing day, they all turn up and there's a fucking half fella sitting there in the seat and they go, "What's all this about?" So they go and you've got to ask. Someone's got to ask him. Half time, got to ask. Him. So it gets to half time and the lad taps him on the shoulder and he goes, "Mate, I've, I'm sorry, I've got to ask you, where have you been all season?" And the fella goes, "Fucking hell, you wouldn't believe it." So my missus bought me a season ticket for Christmas and wrapped it up and gave me a Christmas ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that just sum up? You either get footy or you don't. No, that, that's an absolutely great place to end it. Fitzy, I mean, the Reds are sitting eager in a way. They weren't keeping me away either. I'm, I'm a massive fan of your oh, way. So from all of us across the park. Best of luck with it, boys. Thank great, great, great fun. Great Thank fun. You. Yeah, nice one.